During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer with his haircut and his shorts, Nick Scarpino. Oh my God, Greg, it's so hot outside right now. It is. It is I I don't like it. This is not why we moved to San Francisco. No, it's supposed to be fall not. all the time here. It's ridiculous. We're supposed to have built-in air conditioning mm. in, in the way of it's always freezing. Yeah, and now I've been I've been wearing shorts three consecutive days in a row. No, nope. that is a record for me. That's no good. That's that no that good. just reminds me of my days spent, my youthful days spent in Southern California place of myth you know why this is happening why is that because global warming that's what colin keeps telling me but colin's Colin's real. Real. long island colin moriarty yeah i haven't said that at all it's weird i mean global warming's real el nino's coming you're gonna wish it was warm in a few weeks probably when it's fucking torrentially raining for the next no, five months I'll, I'll love it <clears throat> i'll just swim down my street yes yeah, that's the thing is it's like this heat has been stopping me and nick from enjoying our walks to starbucks and when i say that i mean me um but once it rains i can walk through rain i'm okay with the rain well it's warm rain Oh, I'm Adam. No, yeah, no, no, don't worry. No, it, 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 you're only surprising the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pure and Tim Gettys, and of Hello. course, our good friend who's getting a hug, Adam Sessler. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for coming back. back Nobody again. ever comes oh. back. <laughs> Where is everyone? I, 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 I fun the first time. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to have you, Adam. Thank you for coming through. Oh, my but yeah, pleasure. How are you surviving this San Francisco heat wave? No, it's horrible. I mean, yeah. my, my, my place here in the city... It's got a wonderful view, but it's at a horrible cost because the windows <laughs> only point west and the windows don't really open and there's no way to circulate air. Mm. So even in the mm. evening when it does cool off, it doesn't cool off in the apartment mm. and then mm. it just starts warming up the next day yeah. and like, I'm slowly losing my mind. You're yeah. just cooking from the inside. Yeah. No, it's not exactly. good. No yeah, good. My wife has a whole system where like the windows have to be cracked at just the right amount. The, the shades have to be closed for the, like, the beginning of the day and then toward the end they start to open up a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's a, a whole, whole angle roll. game. Yeah. yeah, it's an angle game. Well, we didn't even talk about this and I know you don't check my Twitter so you'd have no idea. Sure. I'm out there Sunday morning yeah. trying to get the DirecTV to work. It's giving me trouble, of course, because DirecTV uh, sucks and you know, we won't go down that road. But okay. I'm working work on the DirecTV. I've opened up the windows. I'm on hold of the thing. And all of a sudden, just all of this water shoots through the window. What? And then through the other window, all of this water. And then back to the other window, continually water raining down all over Colin's chair, the furniture. And I run to the window and I go, stop, stop. And it's our landlord. He goes, oh, your windows were open. He was trying to clean the windows. Wow. But instead he just blasted right through the screens wow. into the house. I was like, God, it's just like all these things are going wrong there's, at once. There's you something think... about this neighborhood right now that's yeah. just losing its shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> between so the water issues, I guess, and then the freaking squirrel man. 
Who just, squirrel uh, squirrel the dude man's that crazy. decided to just put like squirrel, squirrel traps squirrel, all over the. They're not traps. They're definitely not traps. They're, they're the squirrel feeders. He's you can make them to, into traps. He's trying to increase the squirrel population in this general vicinity, and it's terrifying. It's I don't weird. Know, I don't know to what end he's yeah, doing. Yeah, that, that that was. The, I mean, if you have more squirrels, don't you just have more bubonic plague opportunities? Yeah, this doesn't sound that would good. Be my guess. I don't trust any of this because it started just around his house, which is like this I mean, is the guy at the end of the block. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's like I'm still uncomfortable with this, but whatever. Do you? But then all of a sudden you start walking, you start noticing that there's these things. They look like giant just, rice krispie treats. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. This, it started feet. to feel like a horror movie. Like it started it to feel like, feel like some bl- shit's going it on. It feels here. like Blair Witch. Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah, also, like, why, why do I feel like everyone in this neighborhood thinks I'm going to rob them? I don't know why I feel that way, but every time I walk down the street, people look at me like I'm going to rob them, and I'm like, I don't understand why I'm the shifty person. It's just a very distrusting neighborhood. There's a lot of weird shit going on. We lived in in an older neighborhood. We we skew up, and most people have families and kids. So when somebody with their punk haircut and chubby shorts come walking through, smoking cigarettes, they expect trouble. Yeah, that's true, I guess. You do look like trouble. I do. You look look like like trouble when it's specifically when it's the three of us, when it's me, you, and Kevin just like walking down the street. But. Do I look like Taylor Swift trouble or no. like real trouble? You look no, like, like real. Like well, real. not real trouble either, but somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the middle not. of lowercase t. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. I think there's the construction. Oh yeah, across the street. Yeah. Then just hammering that goes on. Which for, just never. They never make any progress. It's a drug front. That whole house has been shifty for a long time. Mm-hmm. They moved in a year and a half ago. They've never put any furniture in the living room. I don't know the hell they're doing over there. There are. And a yeah, lot I look like through the windows well, in the have, living have room. Have you seen what some of these places it? that, like, you know, they're they're they're. Like, I saw it on SFist. I think this one guy was trying to rent a room. It was like a bachelor mm-hmm. to six people, but they just had cots on each wall. I mean, I think that's what people are doing. They're just that buying a property. Me. Just saying, like, I think there's one other guy that was offering, I think, for seven fifty a month, a tent on his yes. deck. Yes, yes, <laughs> I heard about that. Like, legit. I was like, you can live in my backyard. It's some San ridiculous shit. Fucked. It's, Capitalism. it's too much. Capitalism. It's too much. Capitalism, indeed. The, tent, the tent's worth what you'll pay for it, Greg. What? I'm sorry, what? The tent's worth what you'll pay for it's it. It's true. I wouldn't pay for it. I wouldn't pay anything. Tim. If you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny where you can toss us a few bucks and get every episode early. You keep, t- you keep touching me, which normally I like. I'll be honest. Why do you I like it today? Because everything is sticky and clammy right now. On me, on you, your hand feels like when Portillo has a cold and the nose rubs up against oh, you. Yeah. Kind of tough, but kind of clammy at the same time. It like oh, exists in both those states. Clammy. A little clammy right now. Soft hands. All right. I actually, I, I accidentally, <laughs> for the past three days, I've been trying to be better about putting on, you know, sunscreen. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've been putting on from this big tube that my wife had out on the sink. You know, I've been putting on this sunscreen. Mm. And today, she's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you like, I, I, I couldn't hold things like my phone. <laughs> You're trying to turn knobs and they're just slipping yeah. out of your hands. And she's like, what are you putting on? I'm like, well, you know, there's all that. There's, there's so much that comes out of that tube. Right. She's like, which tube are you using? I was like, well, that's that big one on the sink. She's like. That's like shea butter. Oh yeah, body lotion stuff. that I've been rubbing all over my head and my that's face awesome. for the past yes. three days. And so, really yeah, nice if, and if I'm remarkably glistening right now, it's actually because of that. You got a glow about you. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. a good way to be. That's a great yeah. way to be. Now, my wife always gets this stuff, like the special stuff that costs way too much per tube. And when you put it on, it never like actually goes into your skin. It just coats your hands. Mm. Like it's exactly what you're talking about. Where you put it on. Maybe after you've gone to the bathroom and the door is locked and you can't, you don't have the physical yeah. dexterity to unlock the door anymore. So you're just kind of like pieing at it like a fucking dog. <laughs> like, like trying desperately to do it. so funny. It's this ridiculous. is why I used to have lotion at work. 
Because if I would lotion before I leave, I could do work. Yeah, and then but then once I get to work, I didn't do anything, so I just sprayed it all over myself and rubbed myself down and sat around. You admitted funny, (laughs) funny story about that lotion. That was Anthony Gallegos's Lubriderm. Wow, that we made that last when he left. He he gifted it to me. Yeah, (laughs) by that I mean I just I walked up to his desk and I said, "Sure, I have that," and he said, "Sure." But we used that. That thing lasted for three years. years. Yeah, I was going to say years. years. And I used it a lot. And as did you. I saw yeah. you sneaking it out there. I it's know. a little driblets. There's something else funny, too. If you ever read IGN PlayStation from 2011 to 2013, I did all of the work. You were the guy that does all the work or the one who makes the, the, the videos? <laughs> didn't didn't you yeah. have a teammate at that time? Someone who was loud? Yeah, Adam, yeah. yeah. No, he had a boss yeah, at that time. He had a boss at that time. <laughs> he had a boss. Yeah, just like he does now. Oh, yeah. wow. If oh, you don't want to toss us any bucks, go to youtube.com slash kind of funny where we break it out topic by topic day by day until we post the entire show for your amusement. Please head over to itunes.com slash kind of funny and subscribe to all the shows there and rate them. Right, Tim? Yes. Leave nice reviews. It really helps us right now. Okay, good. Yeah. Adam. Yes. You're the guest. Okay. You come in to talk and just shill yourself out for all your wares and you things. You got it. I'm excited about this one, though. Not the other one, but this one I'm excited about. Uh-huh. Lumberjack Man, your movie. Yeah. It's good. Good. I'm so glad you did it. <laughs> it's yes. a fun, it's a fun, dumb B horror movie. Yep. Yep. I mean, and, and, and that's what they set out to do. Uh, Josh and Bill, they're kind of the producer director mm-hmm. on the movie. You guys might actually know them from the Twisted Pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you look at their games over time, you start to see more and more live action seem to be showing up in that. And I think they were starting to get that bug. Uh, anyway, yeah. So they wanted to do a horror movie, and it was a comedy, and they asked me to be in it, and I asked what happened to my character when they gave me the answer I wanted to hear. I said, "Yes, I will do that." <laughs> and it was a, it was so much fun to make. Yeah, but yeah. I have a lot of fun watching it. I mean, it's weird because I'm watching it, so I can't evaluate it. Sure. But it's, it's it's great to hear that it is as silly as I think it is. It's as, definitely as silly as you think it is, and it's got some really good moments in it. And we'll I'm sure we'll get into some of the other moments a little bit. Go ahead, but, get into one of your moments. Well, no, I just, for I wanna, me it was like I didn't know what we were getting into. Right. I say you get into your moment, and then I immediately cut yeah. you off to Nick Scarpino. That Nick was a Nick move. I yeah, like no, that. Wow. no, tell me. Fuck you. Here's my opinion. <laughs> no, but I mean, like the first time the killer comes by and he's dragging the giant thing of flapjacks, I was like, well, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, the, the the story is so completely ridiculous and outlandish that it, it lends itself very, very well to the overall overall movie. Not not the least of which is there's it's extreme gore, extreme comedy, and extreme nudity. Nudity. I mean, yeah. it's wow. a, it, a it teen is, horror movie. It's exactly what it needs. I saw to be. the trailer and I, I got that sense. Right. Of well, you you was kind of funny, and this is because uh, obviously I'm, I'm not gonna boom. bring it up now, but I'm working on another project that kind of is around horror movies, mm-hmm. and so I've been watching a lot of the classics lately they're not as gory as we remember some some are mm-hmm. and they have a moment there's definitely not as much nudity as we remember that there's actually this movie is more an homage to the memories we think yeah. we have <laughs> yeah. the point? what we watched when we were young yeah i think that's that's how you do the type of homage thing correctly is when you really kind of feed into what we remember it being not so much what yeah, it was nostalgia. but even then it's like the reason we remember that is because we were younger and we saw boobs and we're like oh my god yeah. that's the boob movie like i remember the boob movie that's when i saw the boobs right. but no, everyone knew as bad it. as it was friday the the thirteenth part five that had the most nudity, and so that was one that you still went ahead and rented. Mm. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Seminal. Uh, no, I mean to me, to, to be fair, I, I still have that same reaction when I see boobs. But, boobs, boobs. <laughs> but that was the thing. This movie, had, I was like forty-five minutes in. I'm like, oh, there's some more boobs. Like I, I had been so it's, excited, and then it just <laughs> became the norm. And I was like, yeah, there's boobs all the time. It's in this movie. seasoned right. with nudity a little bit. Do they just <laughs> sprinkle it around a little bit to mm. kind of go? It goes in between. Well, actually, it usually goes hand in hand with extraordinary gore, which actually is done very, very well. 
well. And that's something we were talking about. Like the overall, um, when I start looking at, you know, indie movies that, you know, it's always fascinating to me to see sort of how they do what they do. And one of the things that stood out with this one is that it looks really good and the effects mm-hmm. are really mm-hmm. good. And they're they're done almost too well in certain instances. Which is which because, you know, it's a horror comedy. Yeah. But yeah. in some instances, I was like, wow, that was really fucking graphic. And but luckily it was sandwiched in between nude scenes. So that really kind of well, it's totally also, worked out well for me. I mean, obviously, what was very present in the minds of the guys making the movie and mm-hmm. I was thinking about it, too, was stuff like from Trauma. And, oh, of, of course. course, Evil Dead, you mm-hmm. know, those movies that seem to be the more extreme, the gore or or, or, or more not so much the gore, the novelty of the deaths, mm-hmm. that actually kind of propelled the comedy in a lot of instances. Mm, yeah. I think that's what works in this one. Yeah, I mean, like, speaking of that, that's what all the, the, the great movies do. Like, Freddy, not Freddy versus Jason, Jason X, right? Oh, yeah. And it's, like, horrible movie, but, like, that will always, whenever people talk about horror deaths, like, you mentioned that shit, because when he freezes the face and just explodes it, like, puts them in the, the sleeping bag and beats the other one with it, like... That's what you remember for like those dumb horror movies. Yeah, of course, of course, and, that, and that's part of the fun. And that's that was part of the fun in this one that I that you know they, they had. You could tell you guys were having fun making it, and that's always a good sign. It was. I mean, I, I, yeah. In, in one way, the movie could have been four hours long because mm-hmm. there's so much improv mm-hmm. that went into this movie, and they were just like, "Let's just go. Let's just see what happens." And I think what it really helped was like get, got this kind of fun spirit where we were allowed to kind of experiment. Sure. And you know, with my character Doug, for those of you out there, you know, there's. I'm the head counselor of a religious camp. Yeah. Because they were completely casting to type. Yeah. And perfect uh, for you. My, my name is Doug, and I have the most horrific Bolka. head of hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was given one direction because I was like, how broad do you want me to be? And that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're Doug, and Doug loves camp. Yeah. And that kind of just made sense to me. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to play a guy who has a pathological affection to camp. And, you know, I look older than I should be being around young campers. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, because the guy just loves camp. He can't let go of camp. And there is a scene where um, I inadvertently come upon someone who is in a state of undress. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about speaking kind of, of lotion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking about how I was going to do that, you know, I, I, I think the more obvious way is it would get a little bit lurid, or I'll get interested, and mm-hmm. oh look, I'm a big hypocrite. And I thought, no, that's not Doug. Mm-hmm. You know, Doug is like probably in love with camp because he is in un incapable of growing up he's terrified yeah. of it yeah. so when he sees the naked lady if you look carefully i'm about to cry uh, okay. like this is not something i want to be seeing this is just like the brain cannot compute mm. and uh, you know is all all is lost in we, his should, head. we should mention it's a, it's a christian camp it is that's it the, is. Yeah, that, that adds the added dimension to it that's uh that's fun really, under the ridiculous. sun spelled s-o-n um so, <laughs> <laughs> so, like so back up <laughs> So back up for a sec. So how long exactly was? Well, let's before we get to that, how, you got to shoot and do a couple of scenes with Michael Madsen. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about that because he is. I mean, he's an icon at this point. No, I mean he's for Michael so Madsen. many different reasons. I mean, was was he Mister? Was he Mister Blonde? Mister Blonde. That's yeah. right. So I mean, the minute he showed up, I I heard him before I saw him, mm. and I was like, oh, I know that voice. <laughs> and he came in. You know, he he doesn't do comedy much. And I now Which think is, he should. He should. But what's great is it's not like he shifted sort of a Madsen-esque character all that much to accommodate the comedy. 
It was just, you know, it was a slight tweak. Mm -hmm. He's very, very, very serious saying the most absurd things about demon loggers mm -hmm. and flapjacks. And the ocelot. And the ocelot. You don't know anything about meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, I mean, that must have been a fun experience for you, right? Because I mean, we, yeah. we talked a little bit before the show started, and you said you shot for about 10 days on this. Yeah, I, I had two scenes where he was there. One of them is where he tries to explain all the horrible things that are going mm -hmm. on at the camp. And, you know, I'm standing there with the other counselors just kind of looking at him. And I decided to play Doug, still as Doug, even mm -hmm. though the camera wasn't on me. You kind of, it's, it's how I memorize where I'm supposed to be looking sure. so I can replicate it. Kind of stay in the scene. And he stopped down a couple of times. He's like, are you going to fucking do that? Because I, I can't pay attention if you look that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm giving you something to go off of. And I thought, okay, I just made Michael Madsen laugh. Yeah. So I think I can just take that one off my list yeah. and <laughs> feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> yeah, we got, the, we got the opportunity to meet him for Up at Noon when we were doing that yeah, show. Yeah, that was our, my in. second time. Yeah, when he requested to come on Up at Noon, it was super weird. It was cool though. It was, he's no, just it was cool awesome. Guy. Michael Madsen is awesome. No, straight, yeah, long, long and short. But like that first time you meet him, yeah, and it's, it's just that voice. He's always that voice. Hey, oh, and, and, and what was so funny is so we taped it because we filmed this two years ago. I think, yeah, maybe even more. But I got back home and the first DLC for Dishonored came out. I can't remember the name of it, but Madsen is the voice in it. Mm. And it was this kind of weird moment where like, I put on the headphones to stand and play a game. I'm like, you again? So, and you guys shot in Texas. We were talking about it. That yeah, it was, it, was, it was right outside of Austin. Um, it was like a big Boy Scout camp. Man, they take Boy Scouting way more seriously in Texas. Well, you have guns. <laughs> that was the most <laughs> intense. They're allowed to have guns, right, Colin? I don't know what that... What do, what do you call the big room with the mess halls and the... It had lots the of mess stuff hall. on the wall. The mess hall. Yeah, but there was more to it. It, it felt very... It was, like scout, it was like the scout. Very VFW. intense and ceremonial inside of this room. I, don't, I, don't I felt I don't that like, my being there was somehow disgracing it. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. It was there and a, a few other... Uh, Wooded locations. Wait, what's neat is the bus scenes are all green screen. Oh, okay. Mm. And see, uh, that's what I thought, but they look so good. No, they look really good. There is a soundstage so far out in the sticks outside of Austin. Mm. There's this beautiful, beautiful soundstage. And so they just kind of pulled up a bus all the way into it and just, it was wrapped in green. And we did all the bus scenes on that. And yeah, I, just, I, I thought the keying in was, was phenomenal. I was, not, we, we talked about this after watching the mm. Fear of the Walking Dead finale. And I made a comment of like, I can't get over how far behind TV green screen technology is to movies. Because it's so obvious. Yeah. And this is the thing that's caught me off guard with the movies. You're like, oh, I'm in this indie movie. I want to come by and talk about it. I'm like, sure, sure. And I sat down to watch it expecting what I've seen in other indie horror movies. Whether it be friends or just people I've run Quenchable into. Questionable lighting. Yeah. Saying, Hold on, is that dialogue Clearly not green supposed screen. to be heard? Or? Right. <laughs> ADR <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, the bus, I was like, this looks awesome. And then like and yeah, nerd out over the nerdy cinema stuff. There's this one part with a banana that shoots up in the air. Yeah. And they go out to an over-the-top look, and I'm like, that banana effect looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that looks really like good. a real so, banana. For, for those, obviously, I am here to encourage people to see this movie. It's out on Friday. Kevin's DOD, put the link up. It's in theaters. But um, if they put that kind of attention into a banana, right? Yeah. Let me just say, a lot of these death scenes uh, have been given oh. even more love and attention. Yeah, there is some completely ridiculous. My, I think one of my favorites is is the uh, the bus scene. I'm not going to go. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, I think that whole setup for that was yeah. Well, the pretty, gentleman who that's plays how the I bus driver is a very well known but comic anyway. that's in Austin, and he he had a he's very funny. He had a couple lines like, and he only has a few lines, which is a testament to how funny this guy is. That just fucking made me laugh out loud. Like specifically <laughs> the interaction you guys yeah. have together is, I'm like, we this shot. guy's funny. This so guy's so funny. he plays a very very angry bus driver. Yeah. Of course, I'm Classic. Doug. And I'm oblivious to all of this. So we did. It was almost like a challenge. Mm -hmm. We we did some uh, some some improv mm -hmm. where. 
he's driving the bus and I'm talking to him and he hates me, but I don't know that. I still think that, you know, he's my friend. Yeah. And so, you know, he'd be a dog. I'm like, yeah, a dog. Yeah. It's like, Dog, I'm, I'm, I'm going to crash the bus. I'm going to kill the kids. Mm-hmm. Dog, dog, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shove a bear up your dick. <laughs> when he finally said that, that I laughed so hard that um, we actually broke character. And, <laughs> so, and he won. He, he, he won the battle. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I'm not going up against Once that Once you guy. go bear dick. Yeah. You can't well, his character also is allowed to go a little bit farther than yours yeah. is, given that he is a uh, camp counselor or uh, a bus, bus driver, driver for, 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 kids. for kids and also in, likes to indulge in white powder. Um how much of the film, if you had to say, was was actually like on the page versus what you guys ended up seeing? The majority of it was. Yeah. What you would tend to see is you would get the lines mm-hmm. and then maybe a, a, a coda, you know, sure. stuff like that. Um, kind of where you have some to of the up. physical stuff. I think you know, it's one of those. Also, you kind of worked it out a couple of times in front of the camera. Sure. You found that kind of rhythm. The and vibe, that yeah. thing that worked. And so I, I would say that's happened the most of the time. I, there's lines I know I ad lib, but I said them so many times over and over that I felt like they were in the script. Right, the oh, sure, 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 sure. And then for you, I mean, obviously coming from more of a, you're you're being more of a personality than than doing more narrative work. Like, was this sort of an adjustment for you? Because it seems like you were just kind of fit. You yeah, fit right. Yeah, it was kind of right like in. doing an X play sketch all over again. Yeah. So no, just a really I mean, long one. <laughs> yeah, a really really long X play sketch. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, I've always liked acting. Sure. Like I got into the whole hosting thing because. Of the acting thing, like okay. it was, it was not. I, I know someone had asked, like I think on Twitter somewhere, like, "Hey, how did you get into this? Or did you always want to go in, into games journalism?" I didn't know it existed. I wanted to do acting, and mm-hmm. so someone said, "Hey, do you want to try out for something on TV that involves video games?" I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it was over time that that's how you started to see the sketches fall into X play. Like, okay, oh, let's go back sense. and indulge okay. some of that again and, yeah. and do some of that. So this, I think, also being around really really cool people, and it wasn't like a hyper judgmental or mm-hmm. hyper control set. It was a very efficient and professional set, but it wasn't like there was a, such a particular vision that you just had to lock yourself into that. Gotcha. And so is that something that you think you know you consider yourself doing more of that in yes. the next couple of years? Okay. Yes. If you're out there with a silly movie, you need a bald person to humiliate himself in front of the camera. I am always here. Always. He'll put on a wig. He doesn't have to yeah. involved in it. I picked that wig. I was the one who chose that wig. That wig was. I just want to feel it again one more time. I got there just the right because, amount because of you know I knew that Doug would not have the beard that I typically have. That mm-hmm. just that didn't seem right. But sure. then I take all of that off. I don't look like I'm doing too well. You know. Yeah. I'm just, I, so <laughs> you're like, the I'm default. Need... Create a character for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's the blank slate. Yeah. Do what you want. No. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. Let, let's go look at the wigs, and we're going through it, and they had, it was the most awesome just. Texas ladies that were doing hair and makeup and they brought out the box of wigs and they pulled out the one I ended up wearing and I could tell they were just going to put it aside. Like no self-respecting human being would right. actually wear that. I'm like, I want to see that. I want that one. And I, I want that. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> it's it's hard to put into words what that wig looks like <laughs> on you specifically. I would imagine that it, it looks a little bit like Tasha Yar's haircut from Next Generation, from Star Trek The Next Generation. Remember Tasha Yar? She was like the security no. avenue. Why am I talking? Why am I looking at I you? I don't know. Why. I, I, I should I be looking at Colin, <laughs> but I'm looking at you. I go across the table. I've got... Anyway, it, it's it's a very it's exactly kind of a bob, what you're about. blonde, you know, very. He looks like an overgrown first grader. Yeah, See, I, that's exactly that's what he looks grader. like. Yeah. yeah, I went to school with this guy. <laughs> I went to school. He was with the Doug. guy that pulled his pants down and when he went to the bathroom with the urinal and just like, what are you doing exactly. That? Yeah, like, you should stop that. Yeah. I, I for a moment wondered if that was the same wig that was worn by Christopher Guest in Waiting for Guffman. That's an, that's a perfect. Yeah, yeah that's it's, a very but it's like, perfect. It's just, yeah, once again, it's someone who is not in touch with their age whatsoever. Yes. Someone who really like really likes collecting toys, like really hardcore into collecting uh, uh, like Disney Infinity toys or, or like a 
Fuck, damn it. Damn it. Let go. You can't even get me. I'm too slippery for you, Scarpino. You can't track me down. You're a freaking, you're a snake. So, I mean, is this one of the things that, like, the freedom you have now, right? That you're, yeah. you're, you're just going to go do whatever the hell you want? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I actually was still at Rev3 when I did that, but mm. I just I couldn't pass it up. Um, I, yeah, I definitely want to do stuff like this again. Um, I, I do feel like there's, there's more freedom for that. Yeah. I think also with what's happening with streaming services and things like that, mm. that it's, there, there, there's more opportunity for movies of these kind of minimal budgets, but with a sure. lot of creativity and energy that, you know, this was made before it ever had a distributor. It was it was it was self financed, and then they went and shopped the finished movie around. Okay. Pro tip: that really helps. Yes. Um, a lot of <laughs> having you know, a finished oh, What do you mean? Film? I'm not bankrolling a, 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 a movie. I just have it. I have to distribute it. Sure. Um, also, very risky, but <laughs> yeah, very very risky. But um, it, I, I, I think there's a lot more out there. I mean, I miss horror comedies, and we've been in yeah, a pretty right. dour. Like, I live in a house or something horrible here. I'm going to die. And that I'm hoping with this and another movie I just saw called The Final Girls that, mm. that maybe we're going to start to see a small resurgence of, you know, something that's a little bit more about the fun. Yeah. Of just, you know, of a horror movie because it's silly and we should all just, you know, have fun with it. Have you seen The Visit? No, I have not. It, and I, and I, and you I want should to. definitely check it out because it's like, I think it's a return to form for Shyamalan with like the twists and all that stuff. And it's definitely not nearly as bad as the last couple things he's done but nothing can be that bad exactly but no, I it's, it's a man at us. not a perfect movie but it's it's really I'd say it's really <laughs> good <laughs> happening I, oh, yeah. I, I forgot yeah. about, about that happening oh which was someone your brain, told your brain me what was happening in the happening I thought that was straight to sound. yeah no oh my god I liked I liked the village I liked the village but but shittily enough someone ruined the ending for me they were like you know how this ends like this and I was like oh but you still liked it well because I watched the trailer what, what, what the Did village you? was about. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's got to be that. Really? See, I, yeah. I didn't know. I was like, this is just going to be one of those weird supernatural like period pieces. And so as I was, I think it was like the week before I was going to watch it. I didn't have any plans to watch it. It just kind of one of those things that popped up on HBO. I was just randomly casually having a conversation with my friend. He's like, oh, yeah, it's like this. I'm like, you could not have spoiled that more succinctly. For me. <laughs> like, it was so fast. I, my brain didn't even have time to figure it fucking I, out. I love The Village. and I mean, I, I have a great affinity for Signs of the Village. I think those are great movies. Signs I forgot awesome. about The Happening. I saw that in the theater. I totally forgot yeah, about yeah, The yeah. Happening. I remember, is... I remember walking out. Summer 2008, I think. I remember walking out and being like, what the fuck was yeah, that? It's, honestly, it's one of my <laughs> least favorite like, what, movies of like, all time. Like, what was that? <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg's in it, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> all, like, like all great films. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is in it. Don't you want to think that like they didn't know what the ending was when they started filming? And they're like, I don't know. We got to do it now. What is yeah. it? Yeah. My God. Trees? God. Yeah, was that the trees. plan? It was turning on the people, right? That was yeah, the, that was the moment cool the plan. Idea, it was like but it's a really nice idea, actually. But it's super hokey. And it didn't go anywhere. Ever. Anyway, the visit is awesome, and okay. it's like actually like oh, it's it's really reminiscent of the older ones. But what I loved the most about it was the comedy aspects. Like it's so funny that like some people would say it's a comedy. I definitely don't think it's a comedy. But like, you mean in the way that it, it knows that you as the viewer know that there's a Hansel and Gretel quality to this. It's, and... it's really interesting because it's funny in the sense that it's old people doing weird shit. So that but that's what old people do. It's, it's already funny, you know, just yeah. like seeing yeah. it weird when you see an old lady. A lot of people deal with fear, like when they're watching scary movies, they'll like make a joke out of it and kind of laugh yeah. with their friends to kind of like, you know, not be scared about it, but just be like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, oh, look how she moves. It's so funny looking. Like, but then they kind of understand that and they use that to their advantage where it's like the way everyone moves is funny, but then something scary will happen because everyone's kind of making a joke out of it. Right. It's really interesting. You should definitely check it out because I was pleasantly surprised. No, no I've, 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 I've really wanted to see it. 
But yeah, see, that's my thing is I don't naturally gravitate toward those. And so like I've never been a huge horror fan, period. I mean, there's there's obviously classics in the genre, but there's been a couple that have come out in the last year. The Visit being one of them. And another one was it called It Follows that was supposed oh, to be it great. It Follows is incredible. And it's, it's, I, I, I just everyone's like, hey, we're going to see it. I'm like, I just I mean, no, the, I'm more sci fi. The, the, the one thing I would say about It Follows and also the Duke, which I really, really uh, like. Oh, I didn't do that either. But those function as good movies. Okay. And I'm not saying that horror movies are somehow fundamentally bad, but I know people who weren't scared by one or both of them, mm-hmm. but really, really enjoyed watching mm-hmm. them sure. anyway because yeah. there was something very, very interesting that's going the, on. I love horror movies. Like, always have, always will. Zombie movies that's why I like you. and stuff. Ah, another hug for Stop touching Sessler. I'll do what I want. He's Stop <laughs> touching him. I'll make sure he's never he's coming a natural, back. He's a, he's a natural treasure for And I'm out. covered in shea butter. He is. He pops at you like a stick of butter. Catch him, catch him, catch him, catch him before he hits the ground. No, but I feel like we've struggled so much as as horror fans lately, yeah. just because either they're not funny or they're so overproduced with CG that they're so unbelievable, yeah. or yeah. they're overproduced. And you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how you know with that beautiful cinematography, how Lumberjack Man works. I mm-hmm. think because something as silly and kind of crude as what it is, it's kind of funny to see how well it's shot. Yeah. But what I've seen, especially like with with remakes of some of the more classic movies. Oh, God. You know, they did that remake of Last House on the Left. And this is not a recommendation to anyone to go see the original Last House on the Left. If you watch it, just learn about it first, because that sure. thing will give you nightmares. But I was curious to see how you remake something as notorious as that. And it doesn't work, and I think it almost becomes even more unpleasant and lurid, because it's shot well, it's lit well, mm-hmm. and what you're watching is something that's fundamentally it's too wrong. good for what yeah, it like is. Those, those, those older 70s movies, the crudeness gave it this mm-hmm. weird it immediacy texture, and yeah. strangeness that when it's glossy, you feel that there's responsible adults spending time and money <laughs> to portray something like this. Mm-hmm. And it actually feels kind of unseemly. And it's not scary. So yeah. It, yeah. Like watch, both things were was happening. Was that the Ryan the Reynolds time. one? Was Ryan Reynolds in the remake of that? I can't remember who was in the remake of that. He was, in, well, he was Amityville Horror Remake. Oh, that might be the one I'm thinking of. Then they also did like a remake of Sam Peckinpah's Straw Dogs, which is why. Yeah. The God, Halloween that, that reboot or whatever crazy. that Rob Zombie oh, did, Rob Zombie like those, it I don't understand. Those, that's a perfect example of the polish being just totally off. Where those movies are just overproduced, and specifically the second one, it like the first fifteen minutes of it, I'm like, oh shit, this is fucking awesome because it's essentially just a it's Halloween two recreation of Halloween two, yeah, and it's like, man, awesome. this is so great, so tense, so perfect, and then the rest of the movie, it's like. Just a overproduced Rob Zombie. See, I music couldn't video. see the rest of the movie. Like it was so dark. I'm like, is this? Some, I mean, I, I, I had one of those panic attacks. I thought I was going blind. Like I was just macular degeneration. <laughs> it's was happening right there, and I was wasting it on a Rob Zombie movie. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> These are my parting thoughts. I, will say, parting I always thoughts. knew it would end like this. To the point of production and sterility and and, and sets and like beautiful lighting and stuff. I do I, I do think one horror movie that benefited from that was The Shining. But like, oh, yeah. well, because that movie, that movie was creepy because it looked the way it looked, which was perfect. Right. Yeah. No, and no, bright and colorful and all that weird shit, which I like. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I generally agree, but there are examples to the contrary mm-hmm. as well. Like, no, no, I, 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 I don't think good production hurts the movie, but for all of these reboots of classic 80s and 70s movies, you add the, the, the good production on them. And it's just like, I think you just took. Well, also, oh, Poltergeist. You like, you, Poltergeist you, is yeah. the. Did I you see the, the new Poltergeist? I was forced to see it for my friend's birthday who loves. Horror, any horror Damn movies, Akira. like whatever. No, no, it's this guy James. Fuck you, James. He's called Akira. So, uh, so, we, Akira. so we watched this movie, and my God, that is, it's definitely now. The happening was, I think, the worst movie I ever saw. It's now Poltergeist, the remake. It well, was. It took away any of the soul, yeah. any of the anything that that other movie had. Well, look, and you're watching, you're just like, this is just garbage. 
Yeah, and that's that's the issue, right? Is these people that remake them remake them for the namesake only, generally, right? They have these like they have these brands that people they know people are aware of. There's a brand called Poltergeist that was that was big, and there's a nostalgia factor for all of us that are over the age of a certain point. That, that movie's all the original's all original Poltergeist is so a starring coach. It's beautiful. Craig T. Nelson, what up now? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it just, it goes back to the point of like, what, where are the new ideas? I would, you know, I've said before many times, my favorite horror property is the Children of the Corn, and like, I, but I, I like thinking about it the way it is and not the way it could be now. It's the same thing with Amityville Horror was like, like, not necessary to re, re you know, no, mm-hmm. especially it hurt me, my pride as a Long Islander as sure. well. We don't need to go back and and study Amityville <laughs> again. And and actually, the one that sticks out to me the most that I remember seeing in college that I was really excited about and ended up being super disappointed was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is another uh, movie that's wow. that's yeah, remake yeah the remake. That, yeah. The original is awesome and. And I, I think that that again, that again is like a gritty and fucking dark and weird and, you know, movie of its time. The, the original yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it was perfect in what it was. It wasn't trying to be anything other than a fucking terrifying, quick roller coaster ride. Well, it, no, I mean, even just I think ends. some of those movies at the time were reacting to certain things that were happening in society. I mean, a lot of the theory, because if you really compare the 70s movies to the 80s ones, mm. the 70s are much burlier. Like the original Hills Have Eyes is really upsetting. Mm. I'm not saying like fun upsetting. I mean, like really, really upsetting. Disturbing. And, and the going theory goes that, you know, a lot of it was in reaction to what people had seen in Vietnam, you know, mm-hmm. and, what, and, and, and what was happening on the news. Yeah. yeah. It was just kind of saying, we're this inured. How, how far do we have to go to push it? I think you get to the mm. 80s. I think you see something different. I've always wondered if you could look at Michael Myers and, um, and Jason is almost kind of a Reagan era reaction to the excesses of the late sixties mm. and the entire seventies. Mm. Not that the filmmakers are endorsing that, but it's kind of this embodiment of, Hey, you've gone too far and I'm now going to punish you for it. Sure. It's, you know, all of like, you, you, you can see a lot of that cultural subtext there. These new ones, and this is that, that there's nothing more than, Oh, maybe the kids will like this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. beauty of horror is I think a lot of the filmmakers had other ideas and the producers couldn't care less if they were sneaking interesting ideas into their movies. They just want to get it into the grindhouse and just make some bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I mean, not that I'm I'm super up on horror anymore. I mean, I love horror movies from the 70s and 80s and and some of my favorite movies are, you know, are are horror movies or horror theme movies like Rosemary's Baby and all that kind of stuff, but but I think you're I, leaving out some of the classics starring Sarah Michelle Geller. Remember, I know what you did. Oh, I, I, yeah. How could I forget? But I, but I, I was going to say that I feel classic. like the last original, like really original horror IP that I thought was really, really good, personally, was Saw. Yeah, which well, I was about to say, Saw. Mm-hmm. Saw is one of my favorite franchises yeah. of all time. Like, it has its low points, but I think overall, game. it's very entertaining. Everything thing. after Saw One. No, 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 man. <laughs> Saw, Saw One, Two, and Three are a great trilogy that actually tell a great story. Interesting. Four, five, six, seven is where like they were just stretching it out. But I mean, still, like there was interesting things, and that it was a unique idea. Yeah, the first one I thought was really actually really disturbing. That 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 one from two years ago, The Conjuring. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, probably, yeah. And once again, I think that was related to some of the Saw guys. I mean, that oh, was one the of director the director of Saw and Fury Seven. Yeah, but that it. was one of those like, okay, you actually got under my skin, and I'm scared. And yes, yeah, it, it, its antecedents were were or precedents really was was Amityville Horror. Mm. But it was so much nicer to see something that wasn't let's try to do Amityville Horror all over right. again. I always liked, uh, and now it's a joke, obviously, but Paranormal Activity, that original Paranormal Activity was super good. Yeah. That was great and scary and different and like, yeah. unexpected that it was that good. Another one that had like you know shoestring budget you hadn't heard about. Mm-hmm. And of course now there's Paranormal Activity Ghost Dimension in 3D, and you look at it like, oh, Jesus. Like, that kind of gets I mean, away from because, the yeah, that originality first one, of the first. Fox made so much money on Paranormal. Like, they bought it for a song. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was made for about 25 bucks. They bought it for, I think, like, you know, 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it went on to make, like, $72 million. I mean, in, in terms of profitable, actually, horror movies tend to be the most profitable 
profitable movies ever. I think Halloween was is, is still up there that it was made for just mm. nothing. And it just, that makes just sense, man. Them. Yeah. Well, you also, I mean, there's a, there's that hard set rule for a lot of starting filmmakers are like do a horror film first because it, it's more likely to get picked up, especially in the foreign markets, because there's not a lot of there's not a, it doesn't rely heavily on storytelling dialogue or yeah. really language <laughs> at all. It's a very visual medium. So a lot of people, you know, a lot of my friends that graduated were like, I'm gonna make a horror movie because I can, you know, you can sell it in, in the foreign market and make a little money and kind of fund the next one. Um, and they're also required every year. Like the thing is, people want new ones around October every year. Yeah, it's like, yeah, and people—I mean, fans of the genre just love them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something you—if 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 that's your particular cup of tea, like there's no shortage of them. But because going back to your original point, yeah, I mean, as far as indie filmmaking is concerned, there's—it's—it's it's an interesting time for it because you have sites like uh, you know or, or uh, organizations like Netflix and Amazon and mm-hmm. Hulu and all these things are looking for this content. Yeah, and so I have to imagine it's. It's got to be an interesting time to start making something for a very low budget because you have a little bit more leverage than than people yep. trying to make that thirty or forty or fifty million dollar Hollywood uh, movie. And the, 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 the only flip side, I think this is more particular to horror movies. Um, is it's so hard to tell if it's going to be good or not sure. because mm-hmm. you know the, the way a horror movie poster or the cover of it looks, it's like uh, I don't know. Guy's got a knife. <laughs> the shadow <laughs> man's got a knife. <laughs> it's you know they have to do it yeah. a particular way. I think that's one of the cool things about why they went with eight films to die for is these kind of groups, festivals, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that does some degree of curation. Yeah, mm-hmm. like someone has at least watched this ahead of you and said, "Yes, we are going to anoint this and put it in with our other collections for for this year." So I was I was really happy when that happened to be what their distributor was for VOD. And oh, cool. For, Very um, cool. For the theatrical, which is limited theatricals. I think it's, you know, Chicago, Boston, mm-hmm. a few other cities. It says San Francisco. Then you look at it. It's a theater in Modesto. <laughs> Man, that is a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bay Area. The extended Bay Area. Yeah, the extended Bay Area, yeah. for sure. But you need to wait. Lumberjack Man is out right now. Kevin's put up the link, maybe just to the website. I'm sure there's an Amazon VOD link in the description, Kev. I'm telling him how this happens. It's kind of like back to the, or no, I'm sorry. It's kind of like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in here where you say stuff and you look at him and you know he'll go back there. And he'll, go, he'll go back and put the keys right we here. We just keep finding keys everywhere. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin. I don't mean literally Bill and Ted. Stop putting the keys behind the Portello picture. Yeah, I mean, it should be. I, I know it's definitely Amazon, but I, I imagine just turn on your PS4 or your Xbox mm. and you should be able to find it. I mean, it's. Xbox, fine. We're not trying to hide the movie from anyone. And, yeah. you know, watch it. Let me know. Because I'm, I'm, it's, it's. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I agree. Nick agrees. I do. All right, good. Tim. Yes. What's your topic? So I'm going to go a little bit more serious than I normally do because okay. usually I have really, really stupid topics. But today uh, I want to talk about something that it's a little darker. Yesterday was the third anniversary of my dad's death. And I didn't realize that until my mom called me. We're just t- catching up, talking about stuff. And then like she brought it up. She was talking about how like my little cousin got married and all this other stuff, like all this good stuff. And then she like sh- like ended it with like, oh, yeah, it was it was, you know, it's been three years. And I was like, holy shit. And I, you know, talked to her for a bit and hung up the phone. And I was just like, man, like, I can't believe that it's been three years. And it really kind of made me start thinking about challenges that we've had in our lives and like how we over or overcome them or whatever. And it then made me I, I went down this really deep rabbit hole of just like, all right what have the biggest hurdles I've had to kind of jump over in my life? And I look back and a lot of them are death-based and losing stuff. Then there's, you know, the, the breakups and the, the, the heartbreaks like that. But it's like, it's just interesting to me that like, I don't think I've ever had to overcome a challenge that I was in control of that. Like I felt like I couldn't 
do anything about, you know? And I was just wondering if you guys had anything that you feel like there was this challenge put in front of you that you could overcome the actual issue. Cause you know, my dad dying or like a, a long time ago, uh, when Kevin's dad died, like those are two things that are seminal moments in my life where I was like, holy shit, the challenge here isn't uh, fixing that problem, but it's more dealing with the realities that life now is like for, mm. with those two things, like it's the challenge is talking to my mom on the phone and having her bring it up and hearing her tear up and stuff. Or the challenge was like the first time I saw Kevin after that happened. And I remember having to be there for him and being like, dude, like we got each other, like and that is the ongoing challenge of it, you know? Um, and then breakups, obviously, are things that don't get fixed necessarily. But sure. it's more stuff that you just kind of need to talk to people and deal with. So, I don't know. That's kind of like the launch pad of the your whole biggest thing. challenge. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you cite your father's death as yours? No, 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 no. I, I definitely think Kevin's father's death was is a, little, a bit more of the hurdle that in terms of my growth and my sure everything. And I think that's just because of how close we are. And like, mm. I don't know, just sort mm. of feeling like you, like someone else is hurting in your life and you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. It's that feeling of like helplessness. And that's a, it's, it's hard because that's life, mm -hmm. right? It, the challenges that you can easily overcome the challenges that you're, you're sort of faced with. You're like, ah, I just thought for five seconds and I have the answer to this. Those aren't the hard ones. The hard ones are the ones that kind of take a piece of you and never give it back. And those are the ones that you just kind of have to get through, not over, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that I've dealt with that, to be fairly honest. Um, I deal with smaller challenges. Um, namely, I think the biggest one I have right now is that I'm losing my connection with my family, which is hard for me. Like, I have my wife who I live with, but my, you know, my brother is one of my best friends. And I have a great relationship with my parents. And I just, I think my mom texted me the other day. She's like, we're fine. And I'm like oh fuck I haven't talked to you guys in like a month and a half like we're just not in each other's collective conscious anymore we're not we're not a, a unit anymore and that's that's difficult because as I look at my life I'm like nothing's gonna change this this rift that's between us and it's not a bad rift I'm not saying it's like my mom's like you know fuck him he's the worst kid on the planet we still have a great relationship but this little wedge that's between us is never gonna go away unless I do something to, to deal with that and so I'm trying to go down there more and trying to talk mm -hmm. to them a little bit more but it's hard feeling like you're a part of people's lives when you're not physically in front of them at least every other week or, you know, and, and you know, FaceTime just doesn't count. Right. That, that because you generally tend to sort of show the best part of you when you're talking to people and you're just catching up, you have an hour and it's like, I'm not there when my parents need me. Right. I'm not there when my mom has a bad day and I used to be like the person she would confide in. Um, I'm just not there for that. And I hear it in her voice where I'm like, there's something missing now. We don't have that level of intimacy that we mm -hmm. should have with each other and so you know that's and it's something that i just like circumstance prevailing like my business is here my life is here my wife is here her business is here you guys are all here like i'd love it if i could snap my fingers and we could all just exist together somewhere else you know all of our families and all sure. of our close friends could just be someplace that god willing was way cheaper for real estate uh <laughs> which would be lovely not this hot not this hot well I, I could deal with it you guys all hate the heat but i just throw on the short shorts right i'm pretty sure i flashed my testicles to the camera three or four times already. Kevin, can you confirm that? Kevin said yes. Are you contending that the short shorts are actually that much cooler than slightly longer shorts? Yes, I am. That's that's what I'm arguing. I don't want you. I, I want this tested. I'm telling you, I'll buy you a pair of these these shorts that I'm now wearing called Chubbies, aptly named. Uh, they're a little too short. They make you uncomfortable the first time you walk out of the store because people think you're wearing boxer shorts. No, but, no, 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 no. But it's the design of them, Nick. Look, get up, get up and show them. Get up and show the camera. 
It's the the size and the design that makes them look like well, boxers. Right now, they look. They do look like boxers. They also look like a like like a like a a blanket like you put out at a picnic. Stand like this. Yeah, they're short. Yeah. Those are some short yeah, shorts. Yeah, short. the, the shorts. It's kind of like you. Yeah, it's like you're pretending you're going to the Hamptons, but yeah. you don't fully understand the concept. <laughs> yeah. It's almost that's it. It's it's like a pornographic rendition of the Hamptons. That's Next what I'm trying to get. At. I, I I want you'll appreciate this, Adam, because you're you're a man of the '80s, just like me. I feel, or at least I try to pretend like I feel like one Magnum PI when I wear these shorts. Because yes. if you remember correctly, Tom Selleck shorts. Looks like his ass was trying to eat them the entire oh, time. Well, they were being was, sucked was, up into that little tight thing. Go look at basketball. I look at some of the photos of when I was a kid. And yeah. they're like, you let me out of the house like that? That's pornographic. Where strange people could stare at me. And just yeah. like, like, I beautiful, that. silky thighs. I'm, I'm oblivious, but I'm like, the kid's vulnerable there. Yeah. <laughs> that is, wow. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, we didn't have camera phones, but I mean, still, that's, that's wow. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. That's winding up on the internet. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really know how we got on the topic of my short shorts, but I do. You're talking about a distance I, between you and your mom. Yeah, <laughs> mom, mom would appreciate it. <laughs> but I will argue that the shorter the shorts, the more wind flow you get into that pipeline. If that makes sense. That makes sense. That well, makes yeah. sense. Uh, and you can cool into off the down problem a little better. place. Well, you know they they say cool balls, cool heads. That's that's the old saying. Who, who says? Or maybe this? it's cooler heads. Uh, cooler heads prevail. prevail. Or cool balls. Cool, cool heads. heads. Close thing. enough. <laughs> I don't know. My, my my balls are cool, so I think I can make a decision. It must right be now. good. Yeah. I don't know, Greg. I mean, you've had you've dealt with strife. You've yeah. Dealt with, you've dealt with a lot of, of shit of stuff. in your life. This one time, my Wolverine X Men Origins save eight just gone. <laughs> I was so close to the platinum that drove me crazy. I remember. You're making you're making a joke about it. You're yeah. making a lie about it, but you've dealt with some shit. Yeah, I, I mean, cancer for sure is yeah. the hardest, you know, thing I've overcome, the challenge I've overcome or whatever. I mean, like, I was just talking to somebody yesterday on uh, Twitter, I guess in one of the recent shows, because I black out when I podcast, I said something to the effect of like, yeah, da -da, I'm still screwed up from chemo or whatever. And this guy hit me up and he's like, hey, I had gone through chemo a few years ago, too. And is what you're saying in this episode of the Game Over Greggy show that you're way too emotional and fly off the handle really easy? And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. You'd never feel like yourself again. You are a fucking tiny little fuse that'll fucking and who's the target for no of all that? You get a lot of it. Kevin gets a lot of it. Steimer gets a lot of it. You know what I mean? I get a like little that. Bit you guys all, you and Steimer share it, but because you're the closest people to me in my life. And you, I, to the credit, when you say I'm overstepping, I usually snap back at you, but then I, I settle down and I know you're correct and I dial it back. Well, I'm never wrong. Well, but except for a little deviant, it's going to be a hit PlayStation. And that whole Mitt Romney, like, <laughs> that whole Mitt Romney ordeal was a, was an embarrassing. So I mean, that's still the, yeah, that's still like that, oh, that's not the same thing. <laughs> what about your divorce? That was, was still, easy. That, was, that was fine. Yeah, I mean, like that's totally like a pain in the butt at the time, right? Of whatever, but like it's just like anybody else. It's like well, not everybody else, I guess, but like I feel like when a relationship's ending, you know it, right? It's rarely that mm. it is light switch. Then there are light switch moments yep. for sure with people. Don't get me wrong, but for us, it wasn't. You know what I mean? We knew we were growing apart. So by the time you actually did that, it was more of a relief of like, all right, we were both on the same page. Cool, let's move on. And then there's stress. There's the stress of trying to find, you know, where to live or do this or and whatever. Who gets there was no stress there. That was an easy. That was a slam dunk. Greg Miller taking that dog. Um, you just you just I, snuck in while she wasn't there. Took the dog. No, she said we had a. Um, I mean, we were both. She was like, it was like the, we had such a boring breakup. Yeah. We had such a boring breakup. 
I was just like, yeah, this is in it, and your job's taking you there, and your job's there, and okay, cool, well, you, I, you know, her job had her traveling all the time, so she's like, all right, you keep everything, and I was like, would well, you want to talk about the dog? And she's like, no, of course not, like, I'm traveling all the time, there's no way I could possibly do it, he, Plus, he deserves to be Who would really want Portillo? That's exactly, a really that's point. the other, she's like, well, I've learned a lot of mistakes we made with this one, <laughs> you can you can limp on another 12 years with him, I'll take care of it. I, I will say, <laughs> to, to, to your point, well, to one you had cancer, and yeah. time I'll never forget, I'll never forget when you told me you had cancer, that... Uh, that that's like ingrained in my mind mm-hmm. was that was like one of the f- the moments of my life as an adult probably the first time in my life as an adult where I'm like I have to now I have to step up you know mm-hmm. like that was like that was like where I, like I remember my I'm being in my head I'm like I have to take all of the responsibility for our work and I have to do that's the right thing to do and I have to take responsibility as a friend and be there and all that kind of stuff that's like that was actually kind of like an interesting learning moment in my life where I was like this is these are the times where friends need to be friends mm. you know like yeah. unabashedly be your friend and I hope that I was good in that respect no, I think a lot of us I think a lot of us were, were good in that respect everyone but, like that's yeah. the thing is everyone did it because everyone everyone had a much different reaction to cancer than I did because when I got diagnosed with cancer and it's a I've said it before on other podcasts and things like that so stick with me everybody when I got diagnosed with cancer like my parent or grandparents had died of lung cancer, emphysema and stuff, but that's not like cancer like this mm-hmm. was for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And my my experience with that was when I had been working at the newspaper and I followed a little boy named Tim Grant around and, you know, he was six and he became seven while I was there. And I had read about him when I was in college because he had this neuroblastoma cancer that was incredibly hard to treat. He beat it. The Tribune had followed him and done this giant piece on him going through it and coming out on the other end. Yeah. I go to the paper, started the paper. I'm working on the paper for a while or whatever. And eventually Tim gets sick again. And they're like, we should do that piece again. Greg, you'll cover it this time. Cause the old reporter had left. And I was like, all right, great. So like, I start talking to this and everybody knows, you know, I, if you listen to the show, obviously I don't want kids. I don't, I, I don't hate kids, but I don't like being around kids necessarily. You know what I mean? But Tim Grant literally was, if there was a parallel world where I had a kid, he would be the kid I would want where, Spider-Man is Superman on the walls and loves playing video games and has his DS and they always in a Superman or Spider-Man shirt. And I was like, this kid's fucking awesome. He plays Lego games with his dad and stuff. I was like, this kid's great. You know what I mean? So I'm following him through his treatment. And it was like, all right, well, you're going to come to the chemo session. You know, uh, we do it. We were living in Columbia. Obviously, it was in St. Louis Children's Hospital. So like, all right, great, because it was this like radical experimental procedure to beat neuroblastoma. And I remember being in the car driving there. And granted, I always try to give time, you know, about this. This is. 2005 2006 and this is a dumb reference but stick with me 50 50 hasn't come out you know what i mean like i don't i can't in my head as a 24 year old right 23 year old whatever it would have been uh i didn't understand what chemo was i still thought of chemo he's he's gonna be put in a tube and blasted with like radiation you know what i mean like like a a cat scan really or like a pet Mm -hmm. scan or whatever and so you get there and we walk in and he sits down and he pops out his ds and they pull up his shirt and he has a port in his chest and they pop the port in and he just starts getting chemo and like for five hours I sat there you know talking to him talking to his mom talking to nurses doing all this research talking to everybody getting quotes or whatever and he sat there played video games played with his trucks played with his cars then only at one point like in four three hours in was he like oh I don't feel good mom she's like oh did you tell me he's like yeah I'm I'm gonna lay down okay he laid down and took a nap and I was like I mean I'm like not at the time obviously but I'm like oh okay that's cool that's what chemo is great no big deal and so you jumped to me getting sick and I was super flippant about it. You know what I mean? Like Christine always gives me shit. Cause like when the diagnosis, I remember giving you updates cause we were at the desk, like waiting for a call or whatever. And when I finally got the call and finally had confirmed cancer, I hung up and I, I am Christine. I'm like, yeah, okay. So I do have cancer. That's what's going to happen. She's like, Oh my God. Okay. Like we've been preparing for this. So you're going home. I'm like, no, I'm going to work. What are you talking? She's like, you're the only person I know who gets told they have cancer and keeps working. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so then like when I started telling people, I remember like, 
it was it's this weird thing of I remember trying to relish the moment because I really feel like in your life, in anyone's life, there's very few times you get to deliver fucking crazy news. Crazy, like even if you're like even if you're engaged or uh, pregnant or there's usually so much leading up to it that like you know what I mean like if you, if Kevin and Paula were to get we're engaged tomorrow I'd be like oh that makes sense you know what I mean even if they were like oh we're having a baby I'm like oh that makes sense you guys have been together and you're great together you know what mm-hmm. I mean but like something completely out of the blue changed the course of everything for a little bit you know what I mean and so like that was like I remember like not liking it obviously but like calling all of my friends everybody mm-hmm. I called that night when I was waiting for a pizza to get delivered to tell I had cancer everyone the story always led in with like so I have something crazy to tell you what do you think it is and then I'd make them guess around <laughs> and like after a couple I'd be like I have cancer I have cancer you know what I mean like, like uh, <laughs> someone's pregnant no you got a new job yeah, no yeah. guess again yeah exactly <laughs> and it was like you know Christ but it's like Greg. you know like my, when I call my dad like I first off like I am not good at keeping in touch with my family ever you mm-hmm. know what I mean that kind of thing so like the phone, the fact that you're getting a phone call at night on not a weekend on a normal time is already something's wrong. You know what I mean? Something's out of the oh ordinary. God, my mom you know would mean? freak out. If and I so, call my mom at like Tuesday night at like night, she'd be like, what? Immediately answer yeah. the phone, what's wrong? Exactly, exactly. It's so like calling dad, like it was totally out of, the, out of the ordinary of our schedule or whatever. But what I remember about it is I didn't make him guess. You know what I mean? My dad's very, you know, very, very, uh, <laughs> just hang up on you. What you see is what you get kind of thing or whatever. But I, t- I you know, I have cancer and then, and I like, Stop for him to say something, and there was this huge gap of silence. And then all of a sudden, I pivoted and started feeling. But I'm gonna be okay. Don't worry. It's just you know what I mean. Like I was letting people react to me, and like I had to be off on the offense on that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then like for calling my aunt, like totally out of the ordinary. And on top of that, her mother-in-law had been staying with them and was like getting ready to die. So like I called and it was like a day they had to rush to the hospital and stuff. I'm like, all right, well, I'll talk to you later. And I hang up and it's like I had to tell people before I put up the blog, before I made a big yeah. deal on the internet. So, right. but what I'm saying about it is all this dumb stuff's happening. You know what I mean? And I go into that first chemo. This is a long story. I'm sorry. You go into I go into this my first chemo, right? And they're like, all right, yeah, you know, sit you down. It's gonna go for like four to four four hours ish. You know what I mean? We'll give you this. This is the cocktail you're getting with all these different kinds in there and blah blah blah. And they're coming in. They're hooking up banana bags and they're poking you in the arm and all this other stuff. And it's like, all right, we're getting ready. And then they come in like, all right, well, you know, we're doing this test, that test. Like we have to test you for this one because like one in a hundred thousand people are allergic to it or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. And they poke me. I'm like, ow. Like, oh, did that one hurt? And I was like, yeah. And I'm like, hmm, all right, we'll keep an eye on that. I'm like, all right, no big deal. <laughs> You're the one in 100,000. They walk out of the room, Jesus and I'm Miller. sitting there, and I'm talking to Christine, and I'm just da da And I always feel, like, leave the side. They give you a bell, which is awesome, because then you ring it, like, I need water. I'm, can I have some snacks? Or can I get a new magazine or whatever? The bell's there or whatever if you need help. But I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to Christine over here. I'm like, da 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 And then just fucking out of the blue, entire left side of my body goes dead, just numb. Like, you just all of a sudden know everything's off. And I yank up the arm, and it's like a fucking noodle, and I slam it down on the bell. And Christine goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, oh my God, the left side of my body is dead. Like, I mean, you know, they, all of a sudden panic begins to rise in the entire room. And the nurse comes in. She's like, what? And I'm noticing something. The left side of my body is dead. I can't feel anything. She's like, all right, I'll go get the doctor. And she runs out to get the doctor. And Christine's like, all right, just keep talking to me. What's happening? Well, the left side of my body is dead, blah, blah, blah. And I look at her face and I go, and now your mouth is tinfoil. And she goes, what? And I'm like, now your mouth is tinfoil. And like at her mouth was a triangle of tinfoil that was crinkly and wrinkly. And then it started to expand. And the doctor comes in. He's like, what's happening? I'm like, left side of my body's dead. And her and I look at him like, your mouth is tinfoil. 
And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like, there is tinfoil taking over everything I see. And it was just like, by the end, it's all I saw were people's eyes and it was tinfoil all around them. Like you're having an allergic reaction. And I I was getting a banana bag of saline at the time, but I thought that's what it is. I'm like, well, take it out. And like, no, that's helping you right now. That's flushing it. It's the thing we poked you with in the arm to see if you're allergic. Spoilers, you're allergic. (laughs) You're like, (gasps) is there another test that could have done that better? Like, so it. Skin cell test. So it was just like, okay, fuck, you know what I mean? And like, uh, like they were like, now this is gonna go on a little bit longer. We're gonna sit there and let that process out of you. You can't do that. I'm like, all right. So we just sit there and you process and it goes and then it comes back to normal. And it's like, now it's like a six hour chemo. And it's like, all right, we're gonna give you the rest, right? And like, that usually it's a banana bag hanging there. You you know, as soon as it hits you, it, you can taste it, you can feel it. Your body doesn't feel right. It burns or something. It, there's heat through your body. At one point for like the second or third one, the doctor comes in in gloves full body armor and a face mask with this one syringe full of like neon red stuff and he's like this looks like overkill i know but if it gets on your skin it'll eat through your skin and i was like all right but what the fuck is it gonna do when it gets into my body (laughs) and so they did that my body's not lined with lead like you know i came out of it i remember and it was just like exhausting you feel weird you can feel you feel something and this is the first one so it's before i know anything was happening and it was just like okay fine and like Christine drove me home and it was kind of quiet. And then she dropped me. She's like, I'm going to go to the store now and get food for us. I'm like, all right, great. I'm going to go obviously take a nap. And I came upstairs. I was tear at this point. I'm sorry. I came upstairs and I walked in the room and I walked to the closets between the door and I started crying, not because of me, but because of how badly I'd underestimated this. And the fact that you jump back five, six years and Tim was there doing this is all he knew. You know what I mean? He passed away. He didn't make it. He had seven years of just this. And like, you know, best case scenario, I was going to be at the time, six, it turned out to be six months. Nine is what they were telling me I would have to do it. But just of the fact of like how exhausted and beat I was, let alone to be a child having to go through this. And that's what like why I try to do extra life every year. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny.com slash extra life. And all these different things, you know what I mean? <laughs> of all these different things and of like back. what it was, you know what I mean? And like, he was that, out for a minute, but he's back. He's back now. And like, you, I, I, you know, it's not that people knew that's what it was going to be, but I thought I had the inside track because I remember being, and it sounds fucked up, kind of excited that I would get an afternoon where I didn't have to work and I could play PlayStation Vita and just be like, you have, you can't do anything but sit yeah. there. And I was like, I'm going to sit there and get trophies and it's going to be awesome. You know what I mean? And every chemo sucked and every chemo was different and every chemo left you feeling fucked up this way or that way or whatever and then if they ever if you ever have to get chemo get the port in your chest or wherever they tell you to put the port because they don't tell you your veins might shrink and then they'll dig around with syringes in your Mm. arms trying to get to the vein it's just like and then the first time you get the port it might make you sick because that was the only time i ever got sick is the first time they ever gave me through the port in my chest and then they pulled it out and i stood up and i'm like i'm going to the bathroom and just laid in their bathroom for like 45 minutes before asking can i have a garbage bag for the car ride home you know what i mean and like that's the thing of like it's i always you know i'm a nerd and i talk about comics all the time and for me, the divorce and the, but really cancer are like the retcon moments of my life where we tried something out in these books and it didn't work and we blinked it out of existence kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because now it's like I know that I'm not right. You know what I mean? A topic I'll probably do next week on the Game Over Greggy show is related to me not being right emotionally. You know what I mean? But it's yeah, I get pissed off or a thing and I kind of forget about it. And then I don't want to ever just blame that. It's like it's the hangover from cancer. It's how my body is now wired chemically. Mm -hmm. Clearly, it's true. I was never like this before. But it's those little things of, you know, can I shower or something? I'll look and I'll see the scar on my chest from the port or like this is a permanent bruise from where they gave me. That's where they gave me the prick three years ago. What the fuck was that thing they gave you? Bleomycin. 
Which wow, is great. That sounds I, terrible. Now every time you go anywhere and they're like, any allergies? I'm like, bleomycin. <laughs> and they'll be like, the dentist is like, what's bleomycin? I'm like, it's a chemotherapy drug. He's like, well, probably won't give it to you. I'm like, great. You know what I mean? But he like, just puts the red syringe away. It's like, we're not going to do oh, that the today. Best, the best was the red syringe one, right? Well, I eventually started wearing the... That's like I, some shit from fucking Justice League. The best... like, the, we've got the red kryptonite. I, I got to tell you about the, the best... It's not because it's like so overblown or whatever, but I, I eventually you learn to start... I, for me, I was wear, I'd wear button-down shirts so I could get the port easily. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sitting there, button-down shirt this is chemo seven or whatever i don't know what it is and he's giving it to me and going 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 and it pops out the back end and gets all over him all over my chest and he does that thing where he like looks me in the eye and i'm like this and he's like it's not that bad don't worry and then he goes and like washes me down <laughs> washes me down i'm like what are you talking about it's not that bad you can't on step one tell me to eat my skin you can't, and then yeah. seven times later when he gets on my skin be like, ah, it's you, gonna can't, be you can't walk in looking like the fucking bomb squad <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, all of a sudden it's like Cronenberg's dead ringers in my head red robes and, yeah that's <laughs> fucking weird. I mean that whole situation just sounds terrible it just sounds fucking terrible yeah I mean it was you know it's it's. I don't know it, it, that's the whole thing though is it feels like a lifetime ago it feels so different yeah. it's only three years ago it is my biggest fear you know what I mean that it comes yeah. back because now that I know that's the problem. Right. Now that I know, I mean, I remember Christine always tells story. I think what, like two or two months in, probably maybe maybe two and a half, where it was I was getting something and something else had gone wrong. You know what I mean? Something else was wrong, and I looked at her and started crying, and I just go, "This isn't fun anymore." And she goes, "When was this ever fun?" <laughs> and I had explained to her how in my head yeah. I had built this up that it wasn't going to be that bad based on this one brave little boy I knew, and now I'm like, "This sucks," and I'm like, yeah. "I don't want to do this." You know what I mean? So yeah, I still like I still can't open um, at IGN. We have the screen protect the screen wipes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can't open those without gagging because it remi- the smell of them is oh. the saline taste. And when yeah. they would give you that initial banana bag that would go in, I would start gagging. Then so I had to start eating Jolly Ranchers when I had the. You know what I mean? Like it's there's what, all these little weird ticks about it. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird how like as you get older and you go through these emotional moments or like these weird traumatic experiences, how that sort of sets you on a slightly different path. Like I used yeah. to never give a shit about needles right mm. i would get blood drawn i'd be like whatever it was never a thing i could i could i could literally do this thing and watch the blood flow into oh, that fucking God, no i used to be a badass about man. it then i had one instance where i went into hydrated and passed out and now even the thought of getting my blood drawn like gives me that sort of fuzzy feeling yeah where i'm like jesus am i just becoming am i becoming more of a wuss as I get older, or am I just more aware of the fucked up things that are out there that can possibly happen to me? Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's the latter. You think so? I mean, it's because I I know I have, I have memories of how fearless I felt. Yeah. you know all, all those stupid things, and now I think it's certain things. I think for me, it was getting married and my wife getting very very sick and thinking, oh my, I'm I'm only you know a year and a half in a marriage, I might lose my wife. Mm. And you just start like there's usually those moments. It's like oh wait. Things are way more fragile, and the loss of things that mean something to right. you, like I, I mean, like the only thing that would go through my head is like I, I, I can't, you know, if this, if she were to pass away, I can't walk away from this. I, I will be eternally changed. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's that's where actually I take that. It was it was around the time that I was going out with her, and I knew I was completely madly in love with her, and I got scared about flying on planes. Mm. You just got I scared used to, about I used to be a nihilist where I'm like, ah, oh, if it goes down, who's gonna miss me? You know, or is, yeah, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious person. Sure. I'm like, it's done. Right. They're not. And then done. suddenly I'm like, hold on. There's something I want to get home to. There's yeah. a person I want to see. You know, there's a sensation of, yeah. of, of being with someone else. And all of a sudden I felt myself becoming far more cautious and not wanting to take those chances. And I wouldn't say being fearful, but being far more aware that. Mistakes can happen, and some of those mistakes can carry some pretty severe consequences. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I feel like I mean that's that's a good point too. I think a lot of my 
um, awareness stems from the fact that I have been married now for a while. I do have someone that wants me to come home, and I do have someone that I care about. Uh, like my wife just had an arm surgery. It was a very small surgery. Um, nothing like that she it was you know she had a small nerve some nerve damage and the, the arm is still there but the arm is yes. still there which is great <laughs> but you know there's that there's that realization that you're, you're sitting in a hospital with your the person that you love most in the world and there's a doctor who is by the way way too fucking good looking to be a doctor and my, I, I that was one, one of the only things that been, just had one of i was like i'm having this beautiful tender moment with my wife where i'm like you're gonna be okay you know they're, they're putting you under uh, under uh anesthesia but you're and gonna then ted walks in and then <laughs> no fuck yeah dr fucking mcdreamy walks in with his perfect beard well i'm like i got a good beard but this guy's beard is like perfect right and he's like a little too tall and a little too skinny and probably makes a little too much money <laughs> and my wife does this thing every time she sees someone that she's clearly attracted to because you've met my wife right oh, yeah. she just does not have it in her to lie she just she won't do it. And she sees this guy. She goes, oh, <laughs> hi. And he's like, hi, I'm, I'm doctor, whatever. I'll be, you know, I'll be taking you. I'll be putting you under today. And I'm like, you'll be doing fucking nothing to my wife, my friend. Get me the nothing ugliest doctor in this to my wife. And I was like, this guy's got to go. Um, but, you know, but he's, he's I mean, he's, you know, he put her at ease, obviously. And, and, and he's, he was good at what he did because she came out of it. But there's that realization that when they're wheeling her down the hall, then I'm like, yep. if this guy fucks up, well, first of all, he's dead because I'll fucking I'll take his lengthy ass up the building and fucking throw him right off if he fucks my wife. It would just be one of those of him with his hand on your forehead and you swinging. <laughs> like, like, Excuse me, sir. Security will be here soon. He's ready. He's ready. Over and right into my eyeball. No, but I mean, there's that there's that realization that you're like, I'm watching my wife who I, and I can't do anything about this. Yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. in my power that I can do that will help the situation. I just have to trust that these people are professional and will take care of her. And she came out and it's a, it's a, it's a really weird feeling of relief, but it's also a feeling of like, Fuck, this was something that didn't really matter. What happens if there was something that mattered? What yeah, happened yeah. if she had like a, needed heart valve surgery or something very, very severe that this, I mean, this was like a, they were like, yeah, there's, there's a hundred percent success for this. Like it, it may not take, right, right, right. but she's coming yeah. out of it. Right. But imagine if it was something where they're like, this is maybe, well, I mean, that's what I, if had, it goes below a hundred percent, I'm like, I'm not willing to deal with those, that, that percentages. I mean, it was, it was a while before people could figure out what was happening. Everyone just knew something very bad was happening. And then once they realized what it was, it's a, it's a very strange, rare autoimmune disease called autoimmune hepatitis. Really? So it falls in the same family as like lupus and Crohn's mm -hmm. disease. Fundamentally, your immune system suddenly does not like your organs. In her Whoa. case, it was her it liver. Starts attacking it. Right. It, just the same way that had you had a transplant, your body might reject sure. it. But this is all happening somehow on the inside. Um, and no one really understands it. It can just be sort of monitored with drugs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was just like, you just didn't know what the next day was going to bring. Ugh. And like, I've, I reached the point where I hate hospitals so much because we're constantly going to UCLA and we get that blood test. And like, that was my, that was like, my, all of my self-worth was predicated on her blood tests. Because if yeah. it looked like that these numbers were dropping, it's like, okay, this feels good. This feels good. But like th those numbers shifting in another direction, it's like, okay, I have to re-rigger the way I'm looking at the right. world and all of this stuff that, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's weird. I, I had something of a small scare this year. It turned out to be absolutely nothing, but I so prefer the idea that something bad was going to happen to me. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. Something happening to her. So. Oh no, I told my wife straight up. I was like, you know, a, I'm Italian and B my family has a history of just the guys die super fast. I think largely it's because they always, they married Italian women. And I think that <laughs> Colin knows what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I'm like, you just have to just deal with the fact that, I mean, my wife's like kind of a health nut and she works out and she like, she teaches Pilates for a living. And so she drinks smoothies all the time. And I'm like, what is that shit you're putting in your body? She's like, it's healthy. I'm the opposite. Where I'm like, you know, I treat my body like a jungle gym. Um, 
So Kevin's do I. lied. Kevin's <laughs> lied. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I'm just like, you know, babe, you got you got to just realize that I'm going well, way before you. You're gonna, you know, you're, you're you're gonna have to just wrap your head around that I'm not the last guy that you're gonna be with. And she's like, no, that's not gonna be the case. Yeah, Ted's like, out there. It's okay. Fucking Ted. Doctor Ted. Dr. Ted's gonna. What's up, Doctor Ted? He's like, hi. I'm so. <laughs> it was like he was saying doctor shit. But in the back, my brain was translating with it like your wife's going to leave you and we are going to have sex and it's going to happen way faster than it ought to. You know what I mean? Way faster than it has any natural ability to happen. And then he's like, any questions? <laughs> and I was left with nothing. No, I mean, I, I saw this doctor earlier this year when I was having this 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 scare and the guy who's who played the head of the bad frat in Revenge of the Nerds? Oh shit! He was also on Married with Children. Children. Yeah, the head of the bad. Anyway, bad. he looked like the oncologist equivalent of that dude, with like the same head of oh, blonde hair. The... He wasn't even wearing like McGinley? the lab coat. Uh -huh. And no, I'm just like, come McGinley. on, play doctor for me. <laughs> just, All right? just do I it for me. I don't want to be here. And you come in with this alpha male nonsense. Yeah. He then put something in my mouth, like with with those those, those swabs. Yeah. Well, but except it was the cardboard wooden one. Oh, oh, oh tongue Dude, yeah. dude, and then he's like, "All right, fine." He walks out. And so just, I'm just like, like, I got the survey from UCSF. I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to tell you what I think." Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what I think of this guy? It's oh my Ted, god, Greg, it's Ted, Ted McGinley. Yeah, Nailed I was going to say Ted. Nailed it. Yeah. I was thinking John C. McGinley or uh, John C. What are they guys? I knew it was Ted McSomething. Good job. You guys are married with children. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All it's weird that it's that's Ted. right. He played. Uh, oh, and Happy the Neighbor. Yeah. He actually had to start on Happy Days. Yeah. After. Because I, yeah, one of my early theater instructors used to direct some of the later episodes, I think, post-Shark. Mm -hmm. po the post-Shark incident. And he, was, he would constantly imply that guy and complain about him because he, <laughs> he, was, he was a water polo player at UCLA. And somebody was like, you, get out. We're going to put you on TV. And he, he's he like, I don't want to direct this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. I don't know. Colin, what about you? I don't know. The, the, the thing I've been coming to... to I've had like pretty chronic stomach problems my whole life and that was like where my mind first went but that's that's something I'm so used to like you know the whole shitting blood and being in the hospital like or going to the the uh rather going to the doctor and getting shit shoved up your ass and down your throat you know it's not that good. Sounds like a good Saturday night. Uh so um that's not where I'm going to go. I was thinking more about for Tim, for Tim's point about something more a little more emotional which is like my parents got divorced when I was like really young mm. and that was always really normal to me and as I got older like in like when I went to college and like my early 20s, I started to get really mad about it. And I don't really know, knew, like didn't really know why. And then I started having fights with both my parents about it, mm. like about things that happened literally in like 1991 or something like that. Um, and uh, I always dealt as I got older with this, this nagging feeling that I was robbed of a normal childhood. And I think that's kind of like mm. where, where like my angst about it comes from. Also the fact that I'm the youngest of four and that my other siblings seem to have way more anger about it than I do. And always have. Mm. And like, they were more aware of when it exactly. Was like my brother was like 17 yeah, when it happened. Like he was about to go to college, age. you know? And like, I, and I remember my brother being like fucking super mad about it, you know? And, and my sister is being a little younger or whatever than him. Um, also having their own anger as time went on, but me kind of being just thinking like, this is normal. Mm. And then like thinking back on it and being like my parents, and I'm not talking shit about my parents. My parents are great people and they did a really nice job of raising me and making it seem normal. But I have this like nagging feeling that I missed out on a lot of like normal shit when I was a kid and that like my normal childhood was not a normal childhood. I lived in four states and, you know, went to a bunch of different schools and would only go to the Long Island when I left, you know, for summers to see my dad and stuff like that. And like, that's not normal. You know, like that's not a normal way to live is like being transient. Like be I lived in Maine and then I lived in New Hampshire and then you know, I lived in Massachusetts mm -hmm. and um, 
I don't think there is a normal though. Yeah. You know, like, well, the nor yeah, there is a normal, which is like, you know, I don't remember what it was to like sit down the six of us and have dinner together. I don't remember like what it was to like open presents together at Christmas. I don't remember what it was to like, but like that was normal. I had two Christmases. I had two Thanksgivings. Mm -hmm. I had like, but like that's not normal. And that's not like the, the, the white. I don't want the white picket fence sure. thing. And I, it's hard for me to even, I've never even really talked about it, but it's like, it's just something that's always nagged at me, which is like, I, I don't have anyone to blame because I don't think it was anyone's fault. Like my, my, my parents just, you know, didn't see eye to eye anymore and, and, and they broke up. But I never had the thing where everyone used to say, like, I remember being sent to therapy when I was a kid. Like they were, they thought that was the thing. They were like, you know, we should probably just send Colin to therapy. Don't know why. Uh, and uh, I remember them saying, like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm like, I don't think it is my fault. You're like, <laughs> I'm not taking any of the blame for this. Like, I, I don't understand where that platitude came from because I don't think it's my fault. Like the, the bigger thing I was confused about was like, my parents kept me so busy that I think like I played I played a lot of hockey when I was a kid. I, I can't understate like I was on travel teams and I played I was all over the fucking place and I like was con on weekends I was gone like every weekend gone for years. And uh, I just I I think it was about the time like maybe in high school when I went moved back to Long Island in ninth grade like permanently to be like live with my dad again and had time to like sit and think and I was just playing high school hockey so I was only playing like you know for a little while and I was just hanging out with my friends and stuff and I started to think more and more I'm like what the fuck just happened. You know, like in 1992, I, my parents were together and then they were apart. And then I lived in Maine and then I lived in New Hampshire. And then you know, my mom was in Connecticut and then she went to Massachusetts. And now I'm back here. And what happened? Like, what the hell happened to my life? You know, and like, what did I miss? And the friends I missed because when I moved away from Long Island, my friends moved on. And then I came back to Long Island. And we were just totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? like yeah. totally different people. I had these like really kindred connections with people in, in New England that I'll never see again. You know, like. I never knew what it was like to be part of a group and really be part of it forever. You know, like for like from like being very young to being now, like my friends, my closest friends are people I met in college or after with the exception of like Mike and a few other guys that I do have friends from Long Island. But there's just a lot of nagging feelings that I deal with every once in a while, like quiet times at night when I'm just like sitting in bed thinking and I get real, I'm a nostalgic kind of person. I just think back and I'm like, what, what the fuck happened? You know, like, like people have these friends that they've had for this group of core group of friends that they've had for 30 years, but I only have my core group of friends for, you know, since college or a few guys from high school, or whatever. And, um, I just have these memories of moving and being, and, and this normalcy. And it, it really bothers me, especially because like when I say things that are unpopular or, you know, make it seem like I come from a, uh, a privileged background or whatever. Um, it, like everyone thinks that like, I didn't have my own issues growing up or like my childhood was somehow easy because I'm from Long Island or they assume my family has money or, you know, all those kinds of things. Like, Cause Long Island is, 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 you know, totally associated with money, like in people's sure minds. Is? Yeah, absolutely. The Hamptons and, and all that kind of stuff. Like people think that that's what it is. And like, if you're from there, that it is a well-to-do part of New York, I guess. But if like you're from there, then like, it's like you have no problems. You come from a white picket fence, like suburban neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That's certain people have strips told me that before. And it, and, and it, it ignores all of like the, 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 the realities of what it was like to grow up in that situation. And unfortunately, it's not abnormal. The abnormal part of it, I think, was how normal we all came out, which is why I'm not really mad at my parents. Like my my siblings are all great. They're all doing fine. My parents are fine. They get along with each other fine now. Like time has passed and healed all wounds and and all that stuff. But yet I'm left with this left with this nagging feeling that that something wasn't right when I was younger, and mm -hmm. I can't go back and correct it, and I can't even go back and observe it at the time because I was so oblivious. It was the perfect age for me not to know what was happening. And mm -hmm. by the time I was cognizant of it, it was too late to do anything about it. You know, I'll never, the one thing that I will always bring with me, and I know it's true, even though my dad tells me it's not, 
is my dad was a New York City firefighter, as everyone knows, and um, worked a lot and saved, you know, had, a, we, you know, we, we were, we were fine. We, we, we did well. They're, they're well paid. My dad built a house in Brookhaven where I'm from on Long Island on an acre piece of land in 1985. He like designed the house and helped build it. And uh, in 1997, I m- was still living in new england with my mom but i was home for a summer and my dad was deciding to sell the house and i knew that if i just stayed that he wouldn't have sold the house and i know that it still hurts him to this day that he doesn't have it anymore that he lives in a house someone else built and and all this kind of stuff which is why i think he you know he's building his new house in the hamptons which is something we've talked about or whatever mm-hmm. and i think this is like his final his way to be like i want to build something again have something of my own or whatever yeah. and i have this incredible guilt that if i just stayed on long island that he wouldn't have done that and i know it's true even though he tells me it's not so there's like all these like little familial problems that i like that have these domino effects in my life that have, you know, affected people. So it's, it's not, I, if that, I don't know if this, any of this makes any sense. It does. I've never tried to actually verbalize any of it, but um, that's kind of the emotional tumult that I come from is like just dealing with my childhood. It was, it was pristine in the sense that no one did anything wrong with me. I didn't grow up in a violent household or anything like that. My parents were very good to me. Hockey is a super expensive sport. I was a goalie, which is really expensive. They brought me all over the place to play. And I realized that they did that because they loved me. And cared about me and tried to keep it normal, but I also know that the underpinnings of it was not normal. That, mm-hmm. and one of the things that brought up to me was I was talking to my, my I went to Mike Pope's wedding, my my good friend from high school. I was in his wedding party, and I, I drove up to Connecticut with his parents, who I'm very close to, and uh, I've known them for 20 years almost, and I lived across the street from them for, and they still live across the street, and uh, they brought up the point. They're like, we don't know your mom, like we've just never met your mom. That's crazy. And I'm like, it's okay, you guys never met my wife. So that works. That's true. <laughs> but like, it's a different I woman every time we meet her, Adam. <laughs> I'm not here. Women. I'm at, I'm just not here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just this, it's just this thing where I'm like, wow, that's true. Like I grew up in that house basically with that family eating dinner there and hanging out with them 18 years of my life um, from 12 to 30. I mean, I still go home and take them to dinner and stuff because I, I feel like I owe them so much. And I'm like, wow, you don't even know this other half of my life at all. You know, that's and crazy. it's, it's just funny how I, I don't know, I've just, I've just experienced more than I think people might give me credit for and mm. that I've kind of just buried it and put it away, you know, because that's what you have to do to move on. But it, there's something haunting about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't really know like what it is. It's just, it is haunting. And oh, so that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. Not as a little more uh, nebulous, but certainly the thing that came to mind when Tim started talking. So. Downer topic, Tim. Yeah, Good job. That's what Good I jerk. do. What Go I back do. to talking about Disney fuck lists and stuff. Yeah. Next week. We should what? revisit that. That was the first thing he ever did on the show. Well, the Disney what? princess fuck list. Who, who, who would you want to have sex with from Disney princesses? And I said Sebastian the Crab. And, and he said and that's the not FBI a princess. came by the next day. Nick. Yes, sir. Give me a palate cleanser. All right. This is the polar end of the spectrum on that one. Kevin, turn on the damn fan. Eh, it's too loud when we podcast with it. Really? Do you want to take a break and get waters real no, quick? Let's go. No. All right. Um, Do you need a water? You didn't come in with one. We can send Kevin, no problem. Well, he needs a glass, too. Go go get the young man a glass, Kevin. I'm going to cross the camera, though. You cross yeah, the camera all the time. Yeah, that never stops you, Kevin. Everyone loves it, by the way, when you do that. Uh... Get him a glass. Don't knock it into the camera. Can you're you give me really a glass scaring too, Kevin? me. You're running like a halfback. That speed was unnecessary, Kevin. <laughs> he likes to 
defy gravity and physics with his body. Have yeah. you noticed that? Yes. He's Nick. able to if sort I of go faster, swim through the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Less frames. Kevin uh, would have been a great fullback. Uh, probably. I don't even know what position that is, but it sounds. It has the word full in. It's the guy that it, runs so. into the offensive. <laughs> yeah, it's the guy that runs into the defensive that. line so that the running back can run behind him in the oh, hole. He then creates. yes, Kevin would have done an amazing <laughs> job at that. Uh, my topic's a little bit on the lighter side. It comes from uh, some of our good friends and supporters over on Patreon. Uh, oh, so you can say this topic's brought to you by patreon.com slash funny. Go there to support the show. Here comes Kevin, everybody. Here he comes. There he, oh, look at him. Did you see his little head? That was like Barish. That was beautiful. Over there. I mean, look Kevin. at that. Oh, my God. It's I mean, like. Just come into the I shot, Kevin. Now you're making this. Now you're just. We this know is actually you, more Kevin. distracting. Everyone knows you're here, Kevin. Than you walking in front of the camera. <laughs> it's you fucking oh, dancing so around confused. the camera. And send that water bottle over. Like a ballerina. Second position. Oh. Plie. Uh, my God. Rhonda Strong. Over at patreon.com slash kind of funny. That we Google image or, uh, search ourselves and discuss. Oh, good Lord. Yes. I like this. I like this. this sounds fucking awesome. We'll I cannot wait. Should we go? Which way? Should, which part of the table should we'll we start, start with on? You. No, we'll start on me. Go over to. Are Sam. you going to use the same phone for all? Or are you going to use your laptop? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah your yeah. laptop? Okay. That's a better idea. Gonna I'll sense. screencast too small. each one. How about that? Does that work? What do you want? I can do it on the laptop. I'm fascinated to see what happens when we Google image search Adam. Are you guys going to search through all the <sighs> We'll figure no, it out. Yeah. I don't even Google my name anymore. Like, really? I stopped doing that over a decade ago. Oh, really? I Google my name pretty often to see what horrible, horrible things people are saying. Oh, about. God. Well, now it's just it's just the auto thing. There's a... a, a oh, the, the autofill? There's a restaurant in the, in the building, and I've become close with the bartender down there. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And he's <laughs> like, so what? You worked on TV? And goes... It's amazing what's coming up, but I'm putting your name in. <laughs> That's actually a fun part of this. So we will also read the search oh, results here. Cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I already because I already I put now, in Nick Scarpino. Okay. Autofills to Nick Scarpino wife, Nick Scarpino age, Nick Scarpino wiki, Nick Scar Scarpino IGN, Nick Scarpino PSN. Oh, that's a oh, lot really? cleaner than I thought it was well, going to be. Because it used to be other things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then Nick said, stop saying that about us. Oh, so now we're true. going to the image. Oh, Nick, Nick Scarpino cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was one we tried to get Related going searches, yeah. Our wife, shadow boxing, IGN, Colin Moriarty, Cheryl. <laughs> Which is a picture of me and my sister. Colin Moriarty, Moha. <laughs> well, uh, Nick Scarpino's wife is and him Courtney and Courtney Draper, Draper or, or Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, that's Alexa, that's yeah. hilarious. That that was one when I did those uh, those Dorito commercials uh, for that competition. Everyone's oh, yeah. like, Nick's wife is hot, <laughs> and I was like, that is Alexis because I'm believe But this one, I'm actually ha I'm happy. Like this makes me happy that people think that I actually have what it takes He's to be married the wife. He's to either the of these gorgeous women. Because Courtney <laughs> Draper is not bad on the old eyes. No, if she's you know beautiful. What I mean. You're also. Tacitly insulting your wife. Just my wife's hot too, but no one knows what she looks like. So for all purposes, every time we try hey, to she see could her. be changing. So yeah, the first image results here are just the kind of funny photos right there from the photo shoot. Mm. You with a goofy face. That's you with fun. The, yeah, and then there's this one here with you. Uh, That's have, my, from my Vine. I think I was just that someone grabbed a frame from like the one and only Vine I've ever done. It looks like I just smoked an insane amount. Of weed. Some of them dank nugs, bro. That's sticky, wicky, icky. Uh, then, sticky yeah, punch. this one of you from Comic-Con running, running the show. That one's Classic. great. The it, one where I have fantastic hair and that's not me. That's the Portillo's Nick Scarpino. Yeah, no, yeah, the there's two, yeah two of Portillo Nick Scarpino show up. One with the purple background we know well and then one of him outside of Portillo's in, I believe, Buena Park there, it looks like. Yeah. Isn't, yeah. That, isn't that the side where we come in? It does look like one, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the where we had the meet and greet, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. yeah. Then your Axiom Verge, of course, a photo That picture of, is like one of my favorites. Oh, the, really the slow, the slow zoom in. Is that the, is that that's the, the GIF? GIF off of yeah, off of uh, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. The cat one. Yeah. My scared cat face. 
It's not open. It's not so working. I hate that one. That Jesus, happens. my hair was terrible back then. Your hair was awesome. No. There it is. <laughs> 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 Sorry, MP3 listeners. <laughs> you know it. That's a good one. That is a great mm-hmm. classic Nick Scarpino moment. That's this is just some of the fun ones. Like, uh, what's me and uh, Jericho? You and Chris Jericho That's from awesome. Up at Noon. That was the first one of the first big E3s that we did the big live stream on. Yeah. Not too yeah. crazy. I don't have too many guys. Oh, that's a great one. That's, that's, you, that's Kenny Loggins, isn't it? The one oh, on that the is right? K-Log. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how much Kenny Loggins looks like you, though. That is, again, another compliment because Kenny Loggins is a just a majestic human being. Look at him. That album cover, though. Look at him. It's weird. Like, it's weird it's just, how much you guys look alike. We have the same eyebrows. And then buried way down here, you, you yeah, actually as the is. drum major. That's me from high school. We don't see that one enough. That's why I didn't have sex till I was 21. <laughs> right there. Look at that. Look at the hairline. This that's is what a, I talk about. That's, that's why a, do you this is look what I so about. down on being the drum major? No, because you had to make a cool face, so it made you look tough when you were the drum major, because you had a cape on, see, and a plume. <laughs> Who told My you? plume was dark. Everyone else's plume was white. I had a blue plume. But then why do you kind of have the boo-boo? Because that you were... When you're... When you're in the marching band community, <laughs> you're supposed to look hard, okay? Because that's if there's you one thing that oh, marching band that. is. That's why I'm asking you about this quick picture. <laughs> oh, no, I, was, <laughs> I think you're just referring to the I fact mean, that I was chubby say, in That's high how you look hard because I need to tell you they are not your friend. It looks a they are like, not your friend. It looks a little like someone had pizza off camera, and I'm just kind of staring at that, like thinking I'm gonna have that <laughs> yeah, pizza. Yeah. Get on that pizza. <laughs> but that's what I was talking about. Look at that fucking hairline. You had that awesome it's vampire hairline. It's amazing. I had an Eddie Munster kind of. That's pretty good. But now it's like you know, it's it's a little up there now. All right. Yeah. That's you. That's, that's me. That's you. Greg, I don't, I don't oh God! Too deep. Mine won't be interesting. Yes, it will. Greg Just watch you Miller. My, Greg Miller. Autofills are cancer. Christine Steimer, artist, photography, birder, Portillo, Utah murder? Jazz. No birder. Oh, and net worth. <laughs> net worth. <laughs> Negative five hundred thousand dollars. Then okay, see, but then here on the image search, the top ones are Christine Steimer, ex-wife, cancer, artist, jazz. Jazz. She's the Utah Jazz owner. People have a Miller. really uh, weird oh. obsession with everyone's like, girlfriends. God, that is a weird thing to yeah, associate like, with you. I didn't know you like jazz. <laughs> I love jazz. I mean, I know the regions of the country I affiliate with you, not Utah. Yeah, see, mine are boring. Let's scroll down. Oh, hold on. Okay. What is he, well, I mean, you see my Twitter profile pic, the other one, I use, the Kotaku one, mm-hmm. an old Twitter profile pic, old up at noon, me and Portillo. Scroll down a bit. Here's one. Of, yeah, here's a, here's the geekrific one where me, I'm next to a cartoon. This poor bastard. Who is that? Son I don't bitch? know. Yeah. But see, mine are all like actually publicity shots. Oh, oh there's that G4 yeah, one. Yeah. You remember this? G4. Good oh Lord. God, were you 14? People still throw this at me what all the you, time. What, what are you talking about? I came on with, uh, it was me and Shane to talk about the new DualShock. When wow. they put Rumble back in it, wow! And I, I thought it was, and I was like, "Why am I? Why like they?" And they were, I think you kicked me. You're like, "So what is? It? Tell me about the controller, Greg." And I'm like, "It's the DualShock Two without the cord." <laughs> and you're like, "Thanks, thanks, Greg." You're like, great, Greg. We only have ten more minutes to fill. See, this is still what I love is the is the backdrop we use for San Francisco mm-hmm. because if that were actual, where Greg would be doing yeah. this interview from <laughs> it would be a park. Would be a park. That and, I swear to God, and I like the idea that like. Unbeknownst to Greg, behind him, full house is happening. <laughs> and too close for comfort. <laughs> I was going to say, that looks like a still from the intro of Full House. Like, like walking into Lars in, in, in that park. Sorry, right. just cataloging it for Kevin there. But gotcha. yeah, see, mine are boring. There's me talking. Oh, this is at, from uh, IGN fr- First Friday. So is this one. <laughs> this is me at a SingStar competition. And there's that. What's, is that Greg Pack Park? I don't know. From Heroes. From That's Heroes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Greg Grunberg. Grunberg. Grunberg yeah. Wait a minute. Isn't that... Wait a minute. That's the guy that owns the, the studio that we yeah. were at. With yeah. Kevin Pereira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Pereira. Yeah. 
It all comes back to mm-hmm. G4. Because there was it a does. stand you up fucking. It, there was a, you know, because there was a uh, cardboard cutout of him in there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's, and then it's not until way down the page that the yeah the Utah Jazz dude and stuff starts to popping up here. Good. And they got that gif of me from Giant Bomb when I knocked all those beers off when I was shirtless at E3. People still bring that up sometimes. I see is like Greg's such an asshole. Yeah. I'm yeah. like you don't know shit about Greg. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's just that's I, a good one. I love that. Oh, that up at noon. That's when we announced I had, or that was yeah when I announced that I had cancer. And is it's from one, cancer fact Brian or fiction. Yeah. You knocking these, the cans off. I didn't realize the cans were full. I still that got, is a oh, fucking great. Full? Yeah, because yeah, somebody was in the podcast before me and left their their, their beer there. So like three of them are mine. Oh, and fallen soldiers. Like, yeah. The moment where you look at it, you're like, yeah, well, I'm doing this. I re- yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I'm, you see me look at it. And I'm like, these are mine. They're empty. And then I do that look where I'm like, oh, no, they weren't. <laughs> Oops, that's not. <laughs> All me. right, I'm gonna play this cool. Fuck, my shirt's not on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. this, my, this is like that dream you sometimes have. <laughs> All right. Adam Sessler. Oh, God. Autofills right now are Twitter. 2015. Wait, you got to go to go to Google because there's more. Go to Google.com and search for him because it's, it's going to give you twice as many. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just do it to Adam. <laughs> we did it to Greg as well. We, we did? Yeah. All right. See? Adam Sessler, Twitter, oh, 2015 wow, not, podcast. Wasn't there like 10 of them? Type in nude. That was see what from happens. image search, I think. Maybe. Adam Sessler, nude. No, I was going to get the drugs thing, too, because of what the kids like to say. And oh, there's another one. So then, okay, so then Autumn, Autumn Phil here on like the oh, women's Oh, hold on, like, this is funny. Adam Sessler, hair, wife, young. Hold on, hold on. Can we talk about what is being shown under wife? <laughs> this gets really funny. A, it's my nude billboard I did for Gunner. What are the other two? Looks like you in Cyborg, uh, Cyborg Ninja outfit for Metal Gear on this one, let's see. Yeah, but Why I would never, that be under wife? But, but, I don't I, know. But I never wore that. Well, no, it's because well, it's, it's a bad shop. I think he's just putting your head in there. Why would you waste the time? Because they want to make you look like Gray Fox. That's a, you that's look a good in that. Where I come from, that's go, a compliment. You cosplay as that. What? Is, all right, so there's Young. Whatever Metal Gear character that was. <laughs> and then see you, you. Yeah, see, you're all boring too. No, <laughs> well, let's not even, I'm about to say <laughs> let's not even go there. <laughs> we'll crop that one out for sure. We'll crop that one out for sure. <laughs> but then, yeah, it's all. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of. Just, you, uh, oh, this uh, one, yeah, your Twitter, your Twitter. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, the, the the Google. Hey, Dragon Age. Oh, that's I, I'm thinking Witcher, but you're right. That's Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, see, you're boring. I'm actually a very well, boring. A lot more guy. shirtless well, photos one, of you like than this. I thought would be available. <laughs> Sessler soapbox about the Vita. I like that. I like that. Kevin Ferrer rearing his ugly head. I had hey. something. I can't believe I had something to say about the Vita. There it is. This is from NeoGAF. Adam Sessler is now an actor in a film. <laughs> oh, you know what? I was reading that thread last night because I just got a little bit curious. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. <laughs> just, just internet. I'm just going to throw this out there. I might have other things I do that I don't tell the world about. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just yell about video games? I, I haven't just been dormant doing a B-horror movie as my sole form of income or employment. <laughs> you told me he's been off the air for three years. Like, I guess he has to done. do something for the money. I was like, no, I was doing it for the shits and giggles. Yeah. I did the other things for the money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colin Moriarty. Oh, oh I'm excited Colin for this. Moriarty. Colin Moriarty. Mohawk. Memes, tattoos, Fallout 3, IGN, Afro, <laughs> Mega Man, Mega Man hat. Go to Mega Man hat. No, <laughs> like, we love that distinction. Yeah. <laughs> image autofill is Mohawk, Cheryl, tattoo, beard, Afro. And I'll, I'll reiterate that the picture of the first picture that comes up of Colin Moriarty Cheryl is me and my sister Dana. So. 
So not that is not the other one is pear. So they're searching. They're it said wife, and it was me as gray fox That's and true. naked. That's true. More or less, Adam just loves himself. Oh God! Yeah, you were such a baby sometimes, oh, Colin. You guys are so young. Hmm? You were so young, Colin. I was young. There was a time when I was young. Mm. Yeah, this was yeah. This one with you in the bandana. That's a great one. That's when I lived in that studio in Daily City. There was a, yeah, there was a time I think when you first started IGN that you were like an '80s character, like you were like the boyfriend on an '80s show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where you came, you were just you just would do a guest spot like every once every like four or five episodes, and like Danny Tanner just really didn't like you no, that Danny much because you were like so wait, so he, he he was like George Clooney on Facts of Life. Showing up at the store. Yes. Oh, yeah. right. Yes. yes. Fuck, I forgot about Holy that. At the shit. end of the last I'm, I'm, I'm trying to spin this. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it doesn't like, matter. Like, maybe you, like, maybe, because like, you know, like, the cardinal sin in the 80s was, like, if, if the character smoked, mm. you know, and they were like, we just caught DJ smoking with Colin. Yeah. And you'd be like, that's hey, a great so, one. It's okay. So it's this, okay that I'm smoking. That grass picture. Yeah, the so shirt of you in the grass t shirt you still wear to this day. Yeah. <laughs> And the uh, and my and that, I think that came from when I used to run on forums that says I think like I'm the greatest writer. I am in the, world. the best writer. Dot 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 on the planet. Colin <laughs> 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 Moriarty. I had to write it. That's amazing. I love that picture though. That's an, that's probably probably. <laughs> Let me see. You're like 20. No, I'm like younger I want, than that. I think a, I'm like 17 or 18. Conflict Desert Storm is the is this is cap from that uh, fact, and then it says guide by Colin quote. Check the technique. Three eleven in L.A. Moriarty. <laughs> oh no, Chris used to. Chris used to write my when I used to write for Chris. He used to write my um my bylines for me. That's awesome. There's no one I that was a do that, um, that was a huge mistake on your part. Letting <laughs> I assume Chris Carl is that who you're talking about? I think well because I think if I remember the rule. Oh wait, this was a game. <laughs> Conflict. Yeah, I remember, I remember writing the trash. I thought you were just doing war correspondence. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, Con." I remember. I remember writing that. Like, that's weird. Seventeen-year-old we in Iraq. We were covering some real shit there. Uh, no, I think I remember the rule being that when you wrote a when you wrote a guide that they would write your byline for you, like you had no control over it. That's a joke. That was like kind of one of the running gags, if I remember correctly. Um, seems uh, bad for your for everything. Hmm? Bad for it just seems like a bad bad idea. Oh, period. it's good. There's some. What, what, I want to see. Like, I love. It's still one of my favorite pictures ever. Oh, I you. Love, I, the, love, the I love. I love that picture. There? Yeah. Your mm-hmm. hair. See, this is oh. what I'm talking about. I want. I want. People get so offended by that picture. One day, I want too, you to come so back to the Mohawk badly. Peace through superior firepower. <laughs> <laughs> and the Uzi on it. <laughs> Fucking Uzi. <laughs> the call just smiled. <laughs> you still have that shirt? <laughs> I don't fit in it anymore, but yeah, I, I have it. Too. <laughs> I want you to rock that shirt. For your right. birthday stream. <laughs> Tim Gettys text autofills to IGN, hair, age, Twitter, Mario, Snapchat, Instagram, MySpace, yes! LinkedIn. Fuck yeah, I made it. <laughs> now when we click on the image here, it goes, oh, Kim Gettys, Kara, hair, Call Moriarty tattoo, Call Moriarty Cheryl, Call Moriarty hair. Yo, deal with it, what motherfuckers. They want to know right. about me. Now see. Deal with it. Man. I can't even see this. Oh, sorry. We get a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, like Obviously, this. the kind of funny stuff's up front because we've been really good at promoting our faces. Mm-hmm. Then there's this one. This is old one. That I is old this. one. I do. I miss that shirt so much. The, the washing machine ate it. Why don't you buy a new my one? My Hakuna Matata shirt. Yeah. Buy a new one. I, this picture of me and Nick with the Cokes is one of my favorite Yo, things. I took that picture. That, yeah, it was gold. Fucking gold. I won an award for that picture. Did you? Yeah. Wow. It's true. Best, the I like best tweet ever. Colin, or I'm sorry, Nick, how do you feel about him having the ring light picture you always want? That is from a up. video that I think I helped shoot, so I'm okay with that. I feel like that was from the 37. No, it was no, from. No, that was shit. Is that one electronics that'll make you feel old? Yeah. We bought a ring light for that. We bought. I convinced IGN to buy a ring light for a two second shot that was totally unnecessary. And then you <laughs> lamented that 
ring light for the longest time because it wasn't an actual ring. It well, was like two. It was like octagonal. Yeah, it was fucking bullshit. Or like scrumbus. you fucked me over on that. I didn't fuck you over. You on fucked that. me over bad. I said find one that's expensive, and you were like, "Well, I found one that's eight hundred dollars. Then I found another one that was twenty seven grand. Can I give the twenty seven grand one?" I was like, "What do you think?" It wasn't. It wasn't like that. But if you look at the picture, one? you can see a lot of sadness in my eyes. It looked dope anyway. I always like this one from yeah. Nick's bachelor party. You and Fredo, yeah. where you're like, "What was it? How to party like Nick Sarpino?" We or? made a, a like a how to prep for Nick Sarpino's bachelor party. Um, video, yeah, where we dressed up like Nick and Alfredo actually took my sunglasses. a beard to himself and, yeah. and took your sunglasses. Yes, <laughs> I was like, What the fuck are my sunglasses? I love that video, but that image is so good. That's okay. a good video. That's a good. You guys love the Coke shirts or did you take them back? I still have them. Yeah. Yeah. I seem weird every so often. I thought, yeah. yeah, then more kind of funny stuff. This uh, Moving Mind Studios, the beer, we pong did the beer thing pong thing, which I watched a couple of days ago randomly when I just fucking destroyed them. Yeah, when I housed them, that you, me, good. and Naomi, those guys are good guys. All right, and then yeah, my Hunter Pence video, more Alexis stuff. A lot of me, Alexis, and Naomi. Well, there's a lot of us too, but yeah, you can just make well, yeah, about that, those girls too. I mean, we're in it know. too, but if you want to keep cutting us out, I understand. No, and also the picture of me and Kara is like another one of my favorites. Where I'm, the, it's for Halloween. I want to sure. the astronaut and Brittany from the Oops I Did It Again <laughs> video. Yeah, one of my proudest moments. It's a really good one. Mm-hmm. You were living the dream that day. I was. Oh, and that, that story's great too. Where Bernie fucking tweeted at me. He's like, I forgot what he said. Hold on, I'm, I'm doing. I'm clicking on. Bernie Burns tweeted at you and just oh, sent you the Robert De Niro. Yeah. Well, I'm watching you. That's really funny. That's really, really, really funny. Yeah. Makes it kind of intimidating. No, Bernie, Bernie's a pretty powerful guy. Yeah. I if he wanted to crush you, he would crush you. I already, I already cut Gus. I could get him too. So there you go. Ronda Strong. All right. That's us Google imaging ourselves and discussing the results and then I making Kevin do a lot of post work where he's got to go through and find these. But I screen capped everything ish. So you'll be all right. Not well. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that just every social media feed comes after me. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, you know how to use Instagram and you won't tell Snapchat. Nick. Anyway. And MySpace. I'm running it on MySpace. That's great. Colin. <laughs> yes. Take me home. Uh, so Tonight. let me tell you a story and where we're going we're gonna to get to is a nice, nice light way to end the podcast. Okay. Mike Pope, I brought him up before I went to his wedding. I was in his wedding party. We had a great time. We were up in Connecticut in the middle of nowhere. I already told you guys I was on a bender for like three days. Now... On the night of the wedding, I told you that he lit up a bonfire by shooting a, a flaming arrow into it, which is a true story. Now, we everyone was drunk and, and having a great time by this point. So we all gather around the fire. Right. And we're just sitting around. I'm smoking a cigar, drinking a beer in my suit, just laying around or whatever. I sit next to this girl. I never met her before. She's like friends with his um, his wife. So we struck up a conversation and we were going back and forth. She's like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. And she was saying she was, um, you know, we were talking back and forth. And she said something where I was like, I said, you know, I just said, I was like, how old are you? Mm-hmm. And because she had said something that made it seem like she was younger, like younger than us. And we're all like in our old, you know, late 20s, early 30s. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm 27 or whatever. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. And then I, I we, we that's basically the end of the story to get me to, to the point I'm trying to make, which was. Conventional wisdom. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, conventional <laughs> wisdom states that there are certain things you like. There's just conventional wisdom. And, uh, and one of the things that conventional wisdom says is you never ask a woman her age. Sure. Mm. And um, I don't ascribe to that. I think that's a stupid rule. So the, what I want to talk about today is what conventional wisdom do you find to be stupid? I'll give you a couple of examples of conventional wisdom. Right. Mm. Mm. Uh, practice makes perfect. Not true. Right. Practice doesn't make perfect. Nothing's perfect practice makes better was the way they got around it some way at time in the late 80s early 90s and that just sounds stupid so that's another that's another example or money is the root of all evil another thing that's not true in the words of uh uh who was it it was uh ben affleck in boiler room 
What did, what, what, did he, what did he say? Classic it was, it, movie. No, it's an awesome quote, though. And it is a quote that people know if they've seen the movie. It's like, uh, people who say money is the root of all evil never had any. Yeah. I think yeah. Is, is, the, is, the, is the quote, which I think is like an amazing quote. Not that I agree with what he's saying. I just love that that's like the way he nips it in the bud. That's a great movie, by the way. You should watch it. it takes place on Long Island. Um, so it's how I imagine most of your childhood was. Yep. Truth be told. Yep. You just Underground, selling junk bonds. <laughs> yeah, selling selling junk bonds out of, out of <laughs> office parks in Massapequa. <laughs> Um, so what do you guys, can you guys think of any conventional wisdom that you don't agree with? Just like, I don't agree with never asking a woman her age. Cause I think that's a fucking stupid, like that doesn't make any sense. Though, yeah, there, 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 there's one that has driven me crazy all my life and it's, there's no stupid questions, only stupid answers. Mm. No, there's some dumb fucking questions I've heard in my life. <laughs> Bless me, I'm yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> I have seen some questions where I'm like, what is that? I've seen them some things, sir. Oh yeah. yeah I, I mean, there's still dumb answers. I'm not excusing the dumb answer people, but like the dumb answers can go with the dumb questions and they can just all just go marry the fuck off down, down the road. Right. Just that, that one I just don't like is like that it's given people license to mm. ask dumb questions just by the mere fact that it is a question. In, inarticulate questions, questions that are postulated on falsehoods. Just all Google this. sometimes Think. too. Yeah, sometimes Google. Uh, anyway, that's it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Obviously the top dumb question is when is Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out? <laughs> Goofy already told you this year, so don't I worry. I told you, mother... <laughs> <laughs> told you, motherfuckers. I've never been a fan of there's no I in team. I understand that there has to be a team mentality, but we're a team. We do all this stuff and there has to be an I in it. You got, you guys know what you need to go do, you know, when you need to step mm-hmm. up. You know, we all know what our roles are and how we have to go do it. Yeah, I, I, I always hated that, too, especially in football, because everyone's always like the QB is the most important position in any professional sport. And I'm like, yeah, it is. So there is an I in team, isn't there? Because mm-hmm. without a QB, you can't win. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with the I like mm-hmm. the pre- I like the preface of it or like the idea of a team mentality. Or is or what my my eye actions are doing are benefiting. Yeah, you need a lot of eyes to make a team. Yeah, that's can it just be deep? Can you guys just accept that? I sure, said something sure. Cool? Pretend it was cool. Good. It was really cool. There's an Thanks, Greg. There is although, an although, God, let's, just, let's just think. Do you think certain unpleasant world leaders, like say a Pol Pot, mm-hmm. like turned to someone and said to other members of the Khmer Rouge, "Hey, there's no I in team. Get in line, all right? Come on, <laughs> we're an agrarian Marxist existence right now. There is no I in team. Uh, you're getting, <laughs> talk, you get deep cuts. Here. Talk about economic theory now. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I always just, I don't know. I love these like pieces of conventional wisdom like that just don't make any sense. Like why? Like because I was thinking I immediately after I said I'm like I shouldn't ask that I don't even know this woman. But then I was like she didn't she didn't give a fuck. Like it was clear like she didn't care. Right. Like, I'm, I'm 27. And well, I was, well, and to be fair, when you're in your 20s, you don't care. Yeah, but well, why would you, women wh- when they hit 30? I think that's when the st- the stigma, quote unquote. But it's stupid. Fact. I'm it gonna, stupid. I'm going to make a point to ask every woman I ever meet how old they are immediately when I when I, I meet. It, but them. I think there's of a course. way. Colin, Colin, I'm Colin. How old are you? I think you can then avoid it if you don't then immediately turn around and walk away. I'm assuming that piece of wisdom was when people really picked up other people at bars is like that that was the most reliable place to meet somebody else mm-hmm. and that Still is kind is. of like I'm doing my evaluation so I'm going to ask your age mm-hmm. you know there are times yeah I would like to know someone's age A if I'm about to tell a story that's going to make me look really old mm-hmm. or yeah that's pretty much it I always I always guess I was I, a good way to do it is if you want to know a person's age or you you want to you just need that for context I shoot the age that I think they are and then I decrease it by about seven years and I'm like, well, I remember, and I'll, I'll use the following phrase. Well, I remember when I was 21, so you probably don't understand what I'm talking about. And they're like, I'm 27. And you're like, oh. Yeah, but see, the age thing, the reason people and get upset can, about it is like you're this. making assumptions anyway. Uh, you just make out with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. People used to forget about that question. If, yeah, I guess mainly women. I guess that's interesting. And I, I think nine times out of ten, nobody had a problem with it at the paper when I because that's you know yeah. key information for your article or whatever. It, it's always in there, which is kind of weird, but whatever. But just dress the picture for the reader. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, like there occasionally be the one. Well, why do you need to know my age? I'm like, that's how newspapers work. That's how you're gonna be quoted. And so the the, the I always had it. There would be ones where I'd write like. Uh, you know, Jane Doe, and then parentheses, fa- did not give age. But, <laughs> you know, back out yeah. to the story. But I, I think the part, in, I, I like this topic, is I think that it's not that people live by these, you know, axioms and stuff like that, but they're used to kind of stop a conversation, mm-hmm. especially like I and team. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen that where it's like the one guy thinks that everyone else is doing something wrong. It's like, well, hold on. What's with the individualism here? Mm-hmm. You know, get in line. Right, and, right, right. And, I, and I do find it very frustrating because it's kind of like, no, we've already made a social contract that we've agreed that these silly phrases actually mm-hmm. carry the weight of truth. Mm. Yeah, I don't, I can't even really think of too many other ones that I would disagree with. Like the only ones that come to my head are like, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And which is, that's, which is a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't build it and they will come the field of dreams one. Mm. That's just a dumb. No. Build it well, and maybe I'll get Instagrammed. <laughs> so I build it, and they will. Okay, sure, go mm. right ahead, builder. What about gr- grass is greener on the other side? Yeah, yeah. that but, the gra- that is a good one too. That's a. Gr- I actually think grass the grass is always greener is a great one because it is true. Yeah, I heard. I used to. I look at Kevin's life, and I'm like, mm, no, it's not greener. Well, that's greener. not. That's like right in front of you. That's I know. That's that's, that's literally the other that's side your of the fence. Like, mm. I had a, this is kind of a non sequitur for that, but I used to shoot a lot of uh, weddings back in the day when I was first getting my footing underneath me as a uh, as the premier video producer that I am today. Um, and I heard it's a cheesy as shit, but I heard a priest say like he's like a lot of people say the grass is always greener on the other side. And he's like, no, the grass is greener where you water it. And that stuck with me. I'm like, that was really cheesy. But really true. Did you just have like one of those moments and you just put the, the camera, camera down? Like, oh shit! <laughs> As they're about to kiss, I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 fucking groovy, man. <laughs> do you have any? Do you have uh, any? I can't think of anything that offhand that I would say don't. I don't. I disagree with. Um, never judge a book by its cover. I think is probably maybe a pretty a friend, good one. Yeah, there are good ones. There are good ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of any that I can't that I sort of disagree with. All of them that are coming to my mind are. Are just sort of the cliche bird in one, the hand. One, I don't, yeah, two I was in the say, bush. bird in the hand, two in the bush. That's a good one. What I are, other ones? I, like, I what are even other ones to disagree with potentially? Yeah, I'm trying to think of bad ones or just bad conventional wisdom. I'm going to look. I don't know. Maybe like you should, you, if you have a really good paying job that's got security, you should stay there forever. Might be one. Doesn't, I've never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little long. You might want to tr- make that a little, little snappier. Little but, no, I believe that's bird in the hand. I don't know. That actually, maybe that is that is a good one to look into. The, the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, right? Is that is that that opportunity that's right? In, or I guess the 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 one you have already, the one you have already, is versus worth, taking a shot. But I feel like that might be one that I I fundamentally now disagree with a little bit because I think yeah. it's very risk averse. It's very much saying like do the safe thing all the time, which is what we always sort of have to promote so that hordes of angry unemployed yeah, people don't. It's still eat saying each other there's alive. two in the bush. Like you, you can still get them. You know, it is a risk thing. Yeah. Have you tried to get two birds in a bush? No. It sounds impossible to me. Yeah. It's not because easy. like they they know they're, the inside of the bush. They're like, we're just like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and this is my bush. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we draw the line. What about no pain, no gain? That's one that's popping up. That is bullshit. unfortunately yeah. true. Yeah. Bullshit. That's true, and that's I don't bullshit. think it's true yeah. at all. I, I I do think it's true. I got Kevin for that. Like, I do I do think no pain, no gain is is probably true. You know, like, yeah, mostly true. 
Like, when have you ever gained without really? Because it's not saying you're in literal pain. It just means that like you have to try. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. Right, but what it's saying, I guess. But, I but the phrase it. is used usually when you're complaining about pain, but you have not been established that gain is going to be accomplished. Yeah, it's more or less like, hey, go out. Back. I mean, it's it's kind of like what what uh, in Karate Kid, mm-hmm. he's playing a no pay, no gain on him. He's really just getting you know free work out of him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he then learns to get karate and mm-hmm. you know, gets the lady. Miyagi is uh, yeah get, getting some of that, but that that labor though. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no pain, knows. no gain. More or less sounds like that's what you can get away with abusing interns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah hey, no pain, sense. no gain. Mm-hmm. I think Fox oh, yeah. got in trouble for that. Pain, no <laughs> money. NBC. Yeah. 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 Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, here's some credit. Here's some credit. I go have fun. <laughs> Good luck at it. Did you find time. anything else, Greg? No. A lot of these people are just making shit up. Like I'm reading. I'm like, oh, that's not. That that no one's ever said Wait, that's what? conventional. With I'm clicking around too much. Oh, next, okay. next terrible one I find, I'll let you know. Okay. We're at magpiegirl.com right now to see what they have to say. Magpie girl. Here we go. Eight eight fuck conventional wisdoms. I sound like my mother. You should try to stay the size you were in high school. This see, this is now just as what, you, what you, you, that's a horrible one. Number five, number five, you need good grades. <laughs> Wait, can we go back to That's not conventional sorry, wisdom. Sorry, you do. Sorry. I gotta go back to you need to stay the same size you're in high school. <laughs> that is I've never heard that. I was before. so fat in high school. It's you not a real book unless it's printed by a real publisher. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> These aren't can be conventional wisdom. <laughs> oh, All right. Is that's there another piece the of conventional wisdom there that just says "fuck you"? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm really hearing. There. What the fuck? CBS Money Watch has eight, nine bits of conventional wisdom you should ignore. This is me about money. I'm trying to find one. Don't just stand there. Do something. All right. <laughs> and on that note, I'm saying right now, Colin, you go get conventionalwisdom.com. You put a list of conventional wisdom. You'll be fine. That's all you got to do. You'll make a million dollars right there. All right. All right. Good all enough. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, this topic was brought to you and sponsored for you by kindoffunny.com slash store. Go there. Look at the t-shirts. Maybe buy a poster. Look at the new coffee mug. Nick worked on all of them. I did. Give Nick a round of applause at your computer right now. I'll wait. Thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. You're All too right. kind, Nick. Thanks Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny and toss us a few bucks to get every episode early. If you have no bucks to toss, no big deal. Go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we break it up topic by topic, day by day, until we post the entire thing for free on, of course, YouTube and, of course, iTunes and other podcast services. But... Go to iTunes.com slash kind of funny. Yeah. Subscribe to everything. Rate everything. It helps us out. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you were saying last week, it's been years since people subscribed to this show. Yeah. With specifically Game Over Greggy's show. If you listen to it in any other way, like YouTube or on Patreon or whatever, just go over to iTunes and subscribe. Even if you don't listen to it there, just just do it for me, please. No, just for Tim. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, of course, everyone needs to go watch Lumberjack Man. Yes. Our good friend Adam Sessler. Lumberjack Man. Like I said, it's in a few big cities. Uh, Chicago, Boston. Modesto. Uh, if you go Modesto. to eight, <laughs> Modesto. If you, if you go to eight films to die for, you have a list of his playing in, in, in your hometown. But more importantly, it's available on VOD. I know there is a home video release, but I think that may be a week or two off. So okay. go check it out. You know, you can hit the rent or you, you could hit the buy on the VOD because mm. then you could relive the magic, which I think there's a reason to relive it. But I look, think you want to watch this also, with your friends. If you live in Colorado or Washington... You know what to do. <laughs> Adam, it's a pleasure. Thank you so oh, much for coming by. Here. Love you. You're man. on the Gamescast too, so go listen to the Gamescast as well. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. I, I, I can bring it up here. Well, I know I'm just bringing up my rundown too.
Okay. And you're happy with every? Do we need it? Do we need to? Because this chair sagging? Is the chair sagging or no? No, I think it's good. Okay, good. Just make sure. I think it looks good. No, I'm sagging. The chair's fine. <laughs> don't don't put it on the furniture. <laughs> oh God. Here we go. Hold on real quick. I'm not gonna hold on real quick. You son of a bitch. I mean, you're 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 third. You got plenty of time to. Dig all right, it up all right, I'm good. Just I'm letting good. you know. Freaking good right now. Go for it. Kevin put all that at the end, so everybody knows that Nick held up the show, and they wonder why this episode starts on us being so sour. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs>